Listeners, thanks for clicking play on another episode of the spinoff show off of the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name's Anthony, and on this episode, I have on a longtime listener, uh, Jimmy Graben, or as he likes to go by, Jimmy the Geek Graben. Um, I had him on the show because I had him on a jock talk one time. I realized he is from the Bay Area. He is a Warriors fan, and if you don't know anything about sports right now, um, the Warriors are in the NBA Finals against the Toronto Raptors. So I wanted to listen to his perspective on that. But more importantly, he's a longtime listener, and he's written us some fantastic emails with great feedback, really inspiring feedback. So I kind of just wanted to talk to him and talk to him about his interest in the show, his career. I know he worked in the sports field as a as a newsroom uh, person. Not exactly sure what he did in the newsroom. I already forgot about the conversation that we had just had. Um, but he did work in sports, and then now he's a high school counselor. So we talked about his career in sports, his career in uh, journalism, his career now in high school counseling, uh, get his perspective on that. Me and him just go back and forth on life because we're both the same age. And then we get into some NBA stuff, some sports stuff, some Golden State Warriors stuff. So he's a really good dude. I enjoyed talking to him. I hope you enjoy uh, just talking to one of our listeners and me and him shooting the shit about uh, all the things that come to mind. Check it out. This is the Jock Spinoff Show. Jimmy the Geek Graben, what's going on, man? How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm happy to uh, to have you on. I know you're probably like, why the hell would you have me on? But I've had you on. I had you on a, a jock talk one time, right? Yeah, and I was thinking about that. That was a, like exactly a year ago because it was like right after the NBA Finals, and um, obviously we'll talk about it a little later. But I'm a pretty yeah. big Warriors fan. Um, and you had known that from my emails from the show and you're like, Hey, you want to talk Warriors? And I came on with you and Chaz to talk right. about an NBA finals recap when you talked about the summer coming up and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, then, so and then you never had me back on. So it's cool, man. Never, Whatever. ever again. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever again. No, it's up until now. Now you get your own show that isn't. So for those that don't know, and, and if you're listening to this, you probably do know, but maybe you're just listening to the spinoff show. And you don't really listen to Jock and Nerd, but spinoff show is a spinoff of Jock and Nerd podcast. We do have a Patreon for Jock and Nerd Podcasts. Um, on that Patreon, we do audio, exclusive audio content for anyone that contributes. One of those things that we do is Jock Talk. I do that show with a gentleman by the name of Chaz Hebbard. And one time we invited Mr. Jimmy on the show. So there you go. If you ever want to listen to Jock Talk, give us some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jock and Nerd. Okay, no more plugging that. Um, you know, you were fine. You were great on it. I, I don't know why we never had you back on. Well, you know what? I, I actually don't run that show. I'm just going to throw Chaz under the bus. I don't okay, run it. Yeah, no, let's go with that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, then we're not, uh, it's not awkward and I'm not offended. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, but now I have you on your own show where yes. no one has to pay. Anyone can just listen to this as long as they're not super confused by the fact that they have to look up Jock and Nerd podcast to find this specific show, even though this show is different than the other show. Yeah. Does and that make sense to you? Yeah. And the thing is, <laughs> like, my family can actually listen to this now because last year I did it and they were all excited because I podcasted for years and like, oh, you're back podcasting. I was like, yeah, I listened to this show and they had me on. And But now it's actually on the, the main feed. So, right. Yeah. It'll be on the main feed. So we have two shows on the main feed. This one, 
So if you, for people that have to like look it up, I, the way I explain it is still look up Jock and Nerd Podcasts, but then you'll see this, the, if you're looking for a particular spinoff show, it's clearly labeled the spinoff show with mm-hmm. the guest you're looking for's name. And then if you're, you're curious, like who the hell is this guest? Because to be honest, no one's going to know most of my guests um, unless you, you know, are super into Jock and Nerd. You can click on the, um, the show description and then it, it's that guest bio and you can kind of get better sense of what we're going to talk about. Or you just listen to the intro because then I describe what we're going to talk about as well. Makes sense, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so you already know this because you listen to the show. So, dude, um, just tell the audience, you know, who you are, your background. Now, you have a pretty interesting... I know when you first wrote in, me and Imran were like, whoa, like the, a, a newsroom guy is listening to this and playing this for his colleagues? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, going to the history here, uh, a few years back... Um, I well, I podcasted for years myself. Um, what I did you really, podcast about? So when I was in college, um, I went to Fresno State, which is out here in California. Those Bulldogs. Don't know, yes, the Bulldogs. We played uh, Illinois a couple times. Your alma mater. Yeah, um, we are kind of on the national stage. I think people do know about us by now. Uh, finished sixteenth ranked in the nation. Shameless plug. Uh, in football last year, <laughs> pretty good football uh, school. Yeah, we actually. do for, for the Mountain West now. Used yes. to be the whack. Yeah, good knowledge. Yep, good. Yeah, good. yeah. So while I was there, I was a broadcast major. So I was broadcasting, you know, I think TJ uh, was on, he talked about he was a broadcast guy as well when he was in school. Um, so that's what I did, you know, just like you guys wanted to be talk show host. Um, actually, more specifically, I really want to do like radio play by play for like a sports team, you know, football, basketball, baseball, all that good stuff. Um, and while I was at school, um, I came up with this idea of podcasting. Uh, one of my really good friends, he's still one of my best friends to this day. Um, he and I worked together at the school paper and we started a podcast, and it was called the Red Wave Podcast. The Red Wave is the name of uh, Fresno State Student Section. Okay. Uh, so we called it the Red Wave Podcast, and we'd have uh, two episodes a week. We do a post game and pregame for football, uh, basketball season. We do um, twice a week, kind of breaking down the week's action, and then uh, we did that throughout the entire school year. Uh, and it was really fun, man. We did that for a couple years, and then we graduated. Uh, I ended up working for a newspaper. And on my resume, they saw I podcasted and they're like, what's podcasting? Because back then, this is, you know, 08, 09. That you know, still this, wasn't this, huge. This, yeah. yeah, 10 years ago, podcasting was like, what the fuck is this? You know, so um, my editor um, asked me about it and I said, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the radio, but you can listen to it on an iPod. Back then it was iPods. Um, and you can take it with you wherever you go and you don't have to, you know, you can pause it, you can pick it up wherever. Um, and he's like, that's great. And, you know, we ended up doing one at the newspaper for about two or three years and the community loved it. Um, which newspaper, and, if you don't mind? Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm it's sharing, sorry. Yeah. No, it's a local newspaper where I live, uh, just north of Sacramento in California. Uh, in the, it's Yuba City is where I live. It's called Yuba okay. City. Uh, and the newspaper is The Appeal Democrat. Um, so I worked there for about seven years and, um, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of more localized sports like high school, uh, junior college, stuff like that. Not a lot of pro sports in our area, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but really a tight knit community. It's a small community. So people just loved it. Um, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of people's kids and, you know, the kids in the area that they knew and there's a lot of family ties and stuff like that. Um, so it was fun and we, you know, we'd mix in pro sports, uh, here and there. And, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, so, but, for budgetary reasons, it got cut. Um, as news, as you probably know, newspapers have suffered greatly um, over the past ten years. Do, do the, the do the internet. 
you got it. And so <laughs> uh, one of the main reasons I don't do that anymore is do that. So, um, but one of the first things to go was the podcast. As you know, it does cost money to do this, these kind of things. Yes. And yes. Um, hence the Patreon. So yes, people support these guys are doing awesome work. It's a great show. So really consider <laughs> it's only, come on, $1 a month. I mean, it's not that bad. Uh, but it's it costs money to produce those things. And that was one of the first things on the chopping block. And and then we're out. So, uh, but how I found your show, um, honestly, man, I, I went on to iTunes one time and my friend was like, Hey, like you still listening to podcasts? And I said, nah, man, ever, ever since, uh, maybe I got soured on it, you know, cause I wasn't yeah. doing it anymore. And, um, he's like, yeah, you should look for one, man. They're, they're kind of fun to listen to. I was like, all right. So I, it was like right when Dr. Strange came out and I was like, Hey, let's see if someone did a review on that. And I typed in Dr. Strange review and your show was the first thing that came up. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that dude. Ours is the yeah. first one that came up. Where, yeah. where which engine? Uh, iTunes or just on, on Apple iTunes Apple podcast. Okay. Yeah, and so oh, nice. um, we got some in, good SEO from Imran. Yeah, and <laughs> and the first thing, hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. Uh, I'm like, who the? Oh my hell god, is this that's guy? a good impression. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I'm pretty good at impressions. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, who the hell? And so I, I almost was like, after five minutes, I'm like, dude, this guy's voice is like. Oh my! But then you came on. I was like, okay, this guy sounds a little more like me. You know? like, right? Okay, he's kind of even. So I was like, okay, he's the straight guy. The other guy's like more like the comic, you know, like kind of loud. And but you guys have a, had a very good a dynamic, a back and forth, and you know, like you're kind of you know capping on him a little bit, and then Rug Boy comes in. I'm like, okay, he's a puppet. Like, yeah. <laughs> like so, you know, I'm trying to catch up, and uh, but I really liked your guys' take on the movie, and I was like, okay, I'll give these guys a shot, and you know, what is it three? years later i'm still listening to you guys so <laughs> holy crap <laughs> it's crazy man. man well you know what man like i appreciated uh how much work you guys put into it as someone who was in a like a profession where people criticize you and you're putting yourself out there like you know for you guys like worldwide you're on the internet obviously right. and for you guys to do something like this and put your names on it that's why i first emailed you because i like you know like I always enjoy like getting, you know, something positive from somebody. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to tell these guys, Hey, there's someone listening to you guys that you don't even know. And you're doing an amazing job. And that's why I sent you guys those emails. And then I was like, yeah, they probably want to respond. Cause I honestly didn't know how big the show was. And then I got a response. Like, hey man, we'll read this on the air. And it's like, really? And so <laughs> yeah. So, and then it went from there and, um, yeah, man, but it's, it's been fun. And, you know, now it's, you know, we've got this Facebook group and all these people. It's crazy, man. Like over the years, seeing how many people have come on and, uh, it's crazy. On the Patreon. And I mean, you being a host, like it's gotta be, I mean, it's gotta be humbling for you, I'm sure, right? Oh, I mean, it is. I don't want to get, you know, too, too, um, caster baity here. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is nice to hear it. And I, I mean, I, I fully admit, you know, when we got, Every email we get's awesome, you know, and, and and I think yours. I don't know what I don't forget when Doctor Strange was and what what show number that November was. November of 2016, I believe. November of 2016. So we weren't too far into our run. It was pro- probably here. I'm gonna look it up right now. But whatever the case may be, you know, whatever we get emails, um, it's always great, and we always try to read them online. So we there was episode 139. So we were already 100 episodes in. But if, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. Your Imran, your your Imran, wow! Your email uh, stuck out to us, and I I remember reading. I'm going, wow! Like this guy's in a newsroom, and he's like, and he's from California, and he's listening to our show. You know, it still kind of humbles us every time we get an email. So right. just to see how it's grown ever since you know the beginning, and we always joke around like, who the fuck listens to our show? Why would anyone listen to our show? So it's always nice to hear that stuff, mm-hmm. um, because I mean, real honestly, and I. 
and I don't put in, I don't put in all the back end work that Imran does, but it, it's a lot. You know, he puts in a, a ton of work, and uh, me and Rugboy come in and we record this weekly, and you know, we do other stuff now, but um, especially Imran, he puts in a ton of work. So it's nice to see that um, rewarded. Um, and I, you know, and me and him both, me and Imran both split the the cost of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, right down the middle from, you know, from the equipment right from the start all the way down to the monthly fees. So it's nice to see it, you know, not taking money out of our pocket anymore, this passion project. Yeah. And the thing that's really cool, man, and I'll tell you this is like, I'm going to give you an example of something. So you uh, talked about the Planet of the Apes movie, okay? Yep. The, the newer one. And mm-hmm. you did um, you did the review of, of um, what's the last one? War? Was that the last one? Was that the last War, yeah, yeah. Rise of War, right? Okay. Yep. So I, am ne- I had never seen any of the newer ones. I've seen the old ones, obviously, and they're just cheesy as hell. And the Mark Wahlberg ones are fucking terrible. But right. um, you were, oh, no, like the new ones are good, you know, and you were talking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch these movies just based on your recommendation. Mm-hmm. And I, dude, I never would have gone and seen that movie if it weren't for the show. So that's just oh, like wow. a small, like random example. And right. I literally went and saw the third movie, like by myself in the movie theater. My wife's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see Planet of the Apes. She's like, why? Cause we're reviewing on the podcast. And I want to like know what's going on. You want to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, dude. Right. And so like movies you guys have reviewed, like I wouldn't go see, but I'm going to go now. Like, um, actually, I'm a couple of, uh, weeks behind because I haven't gone out to see uh, Godzilla yet. Oh, okay. Just because I've been busy. It's the end of the school year, and I work at a school. Um, mm-hmm. So I've just been super busy and having two kids and everything. So it's it's harder to get out now to like go see a movie. But, um, yeah, you know, as soon as I get out, I'll, I'll like, get my phone out, and I'll be with a friend, like, why are you getting your phone out? I was like, I had to hear the instant reaction, you know, see what they thought. <laughs> you know, and then here's, you know, Anthony coming on. I oh it was it was a movie, <laughs> so, so like you know for Venom you know I think it's what you said and yeah um, so it's, it's, it's just funny and then sometimes I'll be like all right did you like it do you like it no he didn't like it you know? <laughs> well you can you can already guess what Im- Imran's gonna like it. Oh yeah! Well, everything's like I love this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he's then, gonna like it up until me or Rugboy pull up, a, make a point that um, he can agree. Well, he will easily agree with, and then he'll be like, "Oh yeah, that that, that did stink. Yeah, that was bad." Yeah, like Rugboy's like the harsh ass, like super like movie critic, like Mister like film school guy. Like right, you know, right, I'm right. gonna nitpick the shit out of this. You're like the middle, and then Imran's like, "Oh, I thought it was great." You know? So everyone's kind of got their. <laughs> That's a really good impression of it. Thank you. Yeah, so we'll save this for a drop for the the main show. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's funny because I enjoy each of your takes, and I think that's what makes the show so good is that each of you has a different take on movies. Where it's um, I don't have to see. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, you're right, that was good. You know, it's the disagreements what makes the show because you guys you can't just agree on everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and even when it's like a great movie like Endgame, you know, mm-hmm. you guys aren't slurping it up like, oh, that was fucking great, man. And he was like, no, it had its issues. And, you know, and then you guys nitpick it a little bit. I mean, obviously, you know, it's such a huge event and we all, of course, loved it. But, you know, every movie can be uh, can be critiqued. So exactly. But, yeah. The variety you guys provide, man, like that's that's it's a really good part of the show. That I that's enjoy. awesome. No, I, I, I we try, man. We try not to. The, the the worst thing about, you know, I've listened to other podcasts and the worst thing is when everyone just has the same opinion. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and and no one has their own unique thoughts. You know, they're just regurgitating whatever what each other said. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that it at least resonates that we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's big. Um, you know, yeah, I appreciate your feedback. I, I did. You did mention one thing that I, I wanted to 
pick up on though is you're you're in you're now in school because you're teaching. Yes. Yeah. Um, so not I teaching. Am, you're a counselor. Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. So I am a school counselor. So it's kind of funny, man. Um, going back to how I got into your show, um, do like your guys' show got me through a lot. I mean, I'm gonna say that I'm not trying to get you know emotional here or anything. But I remember that email. That I, was an awesome email. Yeah. Actually, I actually took that email. I took like a snippet of it and put it on my Instagram. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, I was That's like, awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, and and I know I'm not the only one. I know Wes Cranford has talked about his you know personal life and how the shows helped him get through some stuff. But um, for me, you know, I was you know working full time and going to school full time, and you know my wife's pregnant, and now we have two kids, by the way. So um, just dealing with all that, it was like okay, like this is my like little escape to talk about nothing, you know, like Marvel <laughs> movies, like they're meaningless, have no impact on my life. So that was just having that every week, like, all right, you know, Sunday, Monday morning, uh, you know, I'm going to drive to work and listen to the podcast or, or it's like, you know, doing my yard or going to the gym, you know, I got the podcast, you know, to listen to. And I always look forward to it every week. And I mean, now you guys are pumping out content like once a day, it seems like, <laughs> uh, but when it was first starting out, it was like, oh, you know, wait a week and, you know, I got the new podcast and yeah, man, it was just, um, it's, it, you know, now it's like part of my routine. So that's awesome. It's, yeah. How do you find, t- do you listen to other podcasts? Um, only because of you guys. So okay. you told me that you're a big Rogan guy. I am. This it's the inspiration for all for this. the sh- and I picked up on that. So um, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I'll check out some Rogan, you know. And I, I, I you know, I'm like, he's the guy from the Man Show, right? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I, I, I don't watch UFC, man. Like I'll be yeah, honest yeah. with you. Um, so I know him as he used to be on the Man Show after right. it was Kimmel and uh, Adam Carolla. It was him and Doug Stanhope. Um, so. You told me he had a pie. I was like, oh, okay. And so I checked it out. And he's got a lot of cool guests, man. Like, a lot you know, of I, cool guests. Recently, I listened to one like Kevin Hart and Russell Brand. Uh, we're on recently to one Travis Barker was really good. Um, so yeah, so I'll mix him in with you guys. Um, and then some sports talk. Um, there's a barrier sports station where if like I miss the show, it's like they'll put their radio show on as a podcast kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's but what like, a lot of sports shows are doing now. Yeah, but like straight up podcast, it's literally just like you're you guys and a little bit of Rogan every wow. now and then. Yeah. Jeez, dedicated. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to all the spinoff shows too. I tried. Um, it gets busy though. Like so, like the one with, like if T, like someone I know, like TJ. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to that. Mm-hmm. And then um, you had Ren. I was like, okay, like what the sex, hell is this? phone phone sex operator. Oh yeah, I'm listening to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was super interesting. So if it catches my eye, yeah. yes. Um, That's what like, it's meant to be. It's not supposed to be like you. I mean, if you listen to all of them, great. But you're you're supposed to kind of just pick and choose the ones you yeah, want. Yeah, no, I've listened to probably half. So like, yeah. um, but it's like right it's, honestly, man, like I'll work through your guys' show for the week, and then I'm already back again. I'm like, shit, like I'm you know trying to catch up, and mm-hmm. I'll get busy with stuff, and I have time to listen. So, but yeah, I'm listening. I mean, to some sort, some form of the podcast almost every day. Gotcha, cool. Yeah. So you're a uh, counselor. I was gonna, about to say a camp counselor. That would just be <laughs> completely demeaning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you off in the summers? Yes, I am. So my wife's a teacher as well, and that was one of the oh, big. Oh wow, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah, so that's one of the big reasons I switched that profession um, was to be with my family on breaks. Because I grew up with a, my father um, was a teacher. He, he retired about ten years ago, so I grew up with that. The, you know, having my dad home over the breaks and going on vacations and and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a way of life for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was looking at career changes, um, a lot a lot went into it. But one of the big things was being with our kids and my wife having the same breaks and all that good stuff. Um, so that was, um, that was huge and it's been great. So we're, I work a little bit more. Um, we work an extra month. So, um, even though school is out right now for us, I still am working. Um, really, what do you have to do? 
Uh, with high schools, man, a lot of registration. Um, okay. Getting the kids in the right classes. We have summer school going on. Um, posting of grades. Um, <laughs> a lot of tedious shit that takes a while. Mm-hmm. And it saves you a lot of work when you come back in August when school starts. Um, but yeah, so a lot of just like data entry and stuff like that. Not a whole lot of like counseling with kids per se, but it's that housekeeping stuff you have to do to get ahead. What's the, um, what's it like being a counselor? Cause I remember, I mean, how many counselors are at your school? First off, I'm one of four. Honestly, I don't remember. When I went to high school, we had two, over 2000 kids. I don't know how many counselors we had. I don't remember mine, but I don't remember. I think maybe two or th- maybe three or four as well. But, okay. Um, like I never went to my counselor with any sort of issues other than educational, you know, like, mm-hmm. all right, what class should I have next? All right, yeah. what's my path to going to this college? What do I have to do? Blah, blah, blah. But what's a counselor being like in, so, in high school? Yeah. Um, one of the main things, man, cause like, honestly, dude, like what you just said is what the mass vast majority of my friends would tell me is like, mm. Oh, I don't even remember my school counselor or I never even went to the counselor. So my, my biggest goal is that the kids know who I am. Mm-hmm. when they leave school because I don't want to be that what you just said. Right. Um, I, but, well, I'll say this. It wasn't, I don't know if it, was, if it was my counselor's fault or me just not giving a shit. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but as a high schooler, that's, an, I mean, you, you're a kid, you know, right. so it's, it's That's true. Kid. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know that that's a resource. Yeah. And that's the thing is we're working with all, it's not just the low performing kids because I, obviously you went to college and you're very successful. So I'm assuming you were a good high school student. I, I so was a pretty good high school. I was, yeah. I was one of, so I'll, I'll say, I don't want to talk too much about it myself, but I was one of those high school kids that it just came easy for in terms of sure. school. So I was lucky in that sense. Yeah. And that's the thing is we're working with kids like how you were. Mm-hmm. We're also working with the low end students who really struggle. Mm-hmm. We're working with the kids with learning disabilities who are in special education. Mm-hmm. So they're on what we call an IEP, and I don't want to get too much in the educational jargon on a nerd podcast, Jock and Nerd oh. podcast. But oh, this uh, isn't. The, well, I mean, this is Jock and Nerd, but this is the the spinoff show, so we can okay. get educational. Okay, cool, man. So um, kids on an IEP, so that's what we call an individualized education plan. So it means they have a learning disability, basically, to put in layman's terms. Um, and every, some, and every, Every kid that has a learning disability has their own IEP? No, they do not. And so that's oh, okay. the thing is they have to get tested. And it, it's a legal, it's a federal document. So it's like you really have to like dot your I's and cross your T's and do testing. And it's it's a big deal for them to be on that IEP. The thing is a lot of them get tested very early, like mm-hmm. in elementary school, because that's when they're identified that, oh, hey, you know, this student really struggles with reading. Mm-hmm. So you could be, you know, algebra geometry like you're a whiz but you just reading's a hard thing for you mm-hmm. you know so you can have like a spe- what we call a specific learning disability mm-hmm. in one subject but you're totally fine in all the other ones mm-hmm. so the IEP is a very broad strokes and then it also covers those students who are autistic mm-hmm. um, the students who the way, way we describe it is like in life they will never be able to like live on their own if that makes mm-hmm. sense right you know so um it's a it's a wide array, man, of students. I always found are, it. Yeah. What do, what do they call that program in your school? Uh, so we'll, it's got a couple of names. So the umbrella is what we call you know special education. Right. It's kind of like the main umbrella, right? Okay. So um, within 
special education, you have different categories. Okay. Okay. So you have what we call, um, there's a lot of acronyms. Someone throw a lot of acronyms at you. That's what we do in education. Yeah. So RSP students. So that's resource specialist program. So that's what I'm talking about who I just mentioned was like, has like one specific learning disability. Like there's this one area in school where they really struggle, but they're mostly in all general education classes during the day. So that's what we call RSP student. Next we have special day class. So that's SDC. Mm -hmm. Those are the kids I mentioned who, you know, probably will be living with mom and dad, you know, for most of their life, you know, maybe can go work fast food, Walmart, places like that, you know, like a retail job, maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're really going to struggle to be on their own Mm. um, if they ever go on their own. And then we have um, ED, which is emotionally disturbed. Mm -hmm. These are kids who academically can be like genius, total, like smart kids, you know, they, they get it, but emotionally they're just unstable. Mm. You know, they'll have a blow up in the middle of class, you know, they'll throw a chair. So usually they're in a more isolated environment okay. um, where they can get more special one-on-one treatment. Usually they have a paraeducator with them. That's someone who helps out the teacher. Um, so to kind of help curtail that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that's just an example of my school. Mm-hmm. Other high schools, like yours maybe, for example, you know, could have had five different categories of special education. It's... Um, it just depends on your school district and what the funding is for and your specialty programs. Cause sometimes a kid will come to our school mm-hmm. and they'll have a disability where we're like, you know what? We don't have that program here to help you, but this school does mm-hmm. and they can still get that service. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we, we're just trying to get them in the best place for them to get an education and get taken care of. Got it. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I, my, uh, my next question would be then, even though there's these different programs, it would seem to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that each individual kid, I mean, has some sort of variance in terms of where they are in the spectrum of each program. So how do you, how do you like throw them into each like separate bucket and still make sure that they're all getting the, a good education? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Um, so what like we it do doesn't is, seem like that's even that's even the perfect like there is no perfect system, but that doesn't seem like it's fully sufficient either. Right, and that's the thing that's really hard, man. Um, we have these what we call IEP meetings, um, right. and we're having them like you know twice a year, sometimes more if the parent wants to have them more. And it's a it's a constant, it's a fluid process, man. Like getting them in the right classes, um, you know. It's so let me think of an example here. So, you know. Johnny, you know, per se, you know, let's just call him Johnny. You know, Johnny is kicking ass in English. He's got A's. Um, he's doing great math, dude. He's just struggling. So we're going to put him in a special ed class for mm-hmm. math because that's where he's really struggling. But then, but then is he with other kids that just struggle with math? Right. Okay. So he's in a, that's, then that's the special day class. So he's got in it. the class with other students who are really struggling in math and that's their hardest subject. Mm-hmm. Or is it one of those things where, Hey, you know, if we can get a paraeducator in there, someone to help him during class, maybe we can keep him in the general education class and just give him some extra help. Mm-hmm. Or we can put him in, um, what we call a resource class and we call it study skills. It's almost like a study hall, but it's actually taught by a teacher who um, can help the student in that subject area. So there's a lot of different ways. It's okay, almost like a doctor it. like diagnosing something, you know, like not mm-hmm. to say we're doing the work of doctors, but um, it is kind of that process of like, hey, what worked before? This didn't work. Okay, let's try something else. And it's just um, a constant fluid process that you're kind of fine tuning as the kid goes through school. And the bottom line is you're just trying to help them learn the subject area. Mm-hmm. And my job as the counselor is to get them that high school diploma. And that mm-hmm. way they can either go to college, military, job, whatever it is that they want to pursue. 
now is the diploma is the the rec- prerequisites to get this the, the diploma the high school diploma different for special ed kids like no and that's the thing man is they're meeting the same requirements that okay. a gen ed kid like you know huh. as tony's meeting when he's in school like right. you know the high end honors kid like has the same requirements as the low end special ed student okay so that's why it's you really are working hard to get this student in a place where they where they can succeed now is um, is Johnny going to be taking the same honors class as maybe right. another student? Well, no. I mean, they're going to be taking you know maybe a Gen Ed English. Um, maybe it's not college prep. You know, um, it's just more like subject areas that they have to hit. It doesn't have to be the same exact class. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's some of the toughest things to deal with as a counselor? Uh, man, especially where I work. Um, it's a very low socioeconomic area. Okay. Um, so I'm dealing with a lot of students who are first generation. Um, you know, n- no one in their high school has ever even graduated high school, let alone going to, gone to college. Their families, you mean? Yeah, their families. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it, I've, in California, I don't know, you're, you're out in Illinois, but in California, yep. we have a lot of uh, Hispanic, Hispanic immigrants. Okay. So a lot of families don't speak English. Um, you know, uh, this the student I have maybe the first member of their family to even attend a public school in America. Um, so we're helping these students bridge that gap that they're because a lot of times, man, you're like a pseudo parent because their parents don't know the school system, how to get to college, how to apply for financial aid, right, like, right. Any of these like you don't even know, man. Like the number of kids I sit down with and I have to go through their parents' tax return with them. Because they oh, don't, geez. their parents don't even know, man. Like, so I'm sitting down doing a, a FAFSA. You remember having to do the FAFSA when you're in oh, school? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting down with these kids, like, all right, let's do this, you know. So we're going through how much the mom and dad make, you know, and filling out all the information, getting social security numbers. Sometimes they don't have a social security number. So there are those DACA students um, who are they're, they're dreamers. Um, I don't know if you heard that term, yep. but. Oh, um, yeah, plenty of times. Okay, yeah. So um, I'll tell you, man, it, it's opened my eyes big time. Um, to what, you know, cause I, I'm a white man, um, in America who's mm-hmm. had some, you know, let's just say, you know, we've, we have a privileged life. You know, we, I didn't grow up with the things that these kids had to deal with moving from a different country, not knowing where your next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admire them, man. Like they they work hard. Um, I have, you know, one of my students came back and saw me. She's at, uh, Cal Berkeley, you know, oh, one nice. of the top public yeah, schools great in, school. in the country, man. And she came back and she brought me a t-shirt, you know, the Cal Berkeley t-shirt and, you know, told me how much I helped her. And like, dude, you just want to like start crying. man. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Like this impact you had on this girl, you know, like who, you know, her mom and dad don't speak English and now she's going to freaking Cal, man. Like that's crazy. It's, that's it's amazing. Insane. Yeah. And, um, and I know there's counselors you know, all over the country who have stories like that. And, um, it's kind of a misunderstood profession, man. Like, um, a lot of people, we have these conferences and we talk about how like other employees in the school don't really understand what we do. Um, I think a lot of people think it's, you know, you're doing therapy, you know, kids on the couch in your office talking about their problems. And (laughs) it's really not, it's it's actually not that at all. And we actually don't even do therapy. That's a different counselor. We're school counselors. There's so many different categories of counselors that people don't understand. There's mental health counselors, there's family marriage, uh, family and marriage therapists, there's um, vocational counselors. You know, there's so many different counselors and we're just one of them. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a very rewarding profession. Um, you know, it's funny people ask me like, Hey, you know, do you miss, um, the newspaper life and being in journalism and doing the sports and all that? And I tell them like, dude, like this job is more rewarding than anything I've ever done. Like in journalism, I'll tell you, like, I'm not trying to brag, but like I've won awards. Um, you know, I've like, 
had opportunities to move on to bigger papers. I mean, I've done, I did well in that profession, but nothing compares to like when that girl came in, man, and like gave me that shirt and gave me a hug. It was just like, shit, man. <laughs> like, you know, it's just so, and then especially like becoming a father, like, um, mm-hmm. all these kids, but I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll know someday, man. Like, it's just someday. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know we got to talk about that. Like, how we're the same age and that's one of the subjects I want to talk to you about. Anyway, sure. we'll come back to that. Um, but talk about anything, man. Yeah. So, what but are your being, thoughts on that? Well, go ahead. Keep finish your thought. Well, just being a father just changes your like your viewpoint on these kids and working with them, and it's like they're your kids now, mm-hmm. and you want the best for them. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, man, it's just it's great. Um, and then the summer vacations, like you said, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's nice yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah. And the getting you still get paid year round because you get a salary. Yes, probably. yes, yeah. yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, what are your what are your thoughts on all the DACA stuff that's been out in the last couple of years? Trump was trying to phase it out, right? Oh my God, we're gonna get political, Tony. Come on, man. <laughs> we, we can we we don't have to stay too long on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're good, man. Um, no, I just um, when you're in a closed door office with this student who's crying and they're embarrassed to tell you I wasn't born here. Mm-hmm. Like tr- just put yourself in that situation and you have to tell this kid, you know, it's going to be okay. Like we're going to, we're going to find a way for you to get through this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that kid's like tr- put his trust in you or her trust in you. You've been with them for four years as their counselor and they're coming to you. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at, man. Like, I mean, I'm a big supporter of it. I mean, hopefully, I don't get in trouble for saying that on the show. Uh, no, I'm just going to say I don't that's, think so. that's how I feel, man. Um, I love these kids. Um, I do anything for them. What, and, and what, just and, for, for people that don't know what DACA is, just can you give like a quick sure. summary so of what I don't it know, is? I, honestly, Tony, I don't know the exact acronym, but basically... Deferred um, Action for Childhood Arrivals. I got it pulled up. You the man. Okay, so... we got, I got a computer in front of me, so you probably not, do too, but I, I, too, I can look but, up stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So um, these students, basically, I'll kind of do a very, very Reader's Digest version, yes. but um, these students, are they were not born in America. Um, in my case, they're mostly uh, born in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't have a social security number. So the DACA program or the Dream Act in California, we have the California Dream Act. I don't know what Illinois has or any other states, but we have the Dream Act. Um, so we have a program where they can still get financial aid without a social security number. Got it. And so that's our program, and um, we're big proponents of it, and we're supporters of it, and we have people um, who actually come to our campus and help those students um, get their financial aid done, and they're bilingual. So that's amazing. So um, I speak uh, uh poquitos uh, espanol uh, not a whole lot mm-hmm. um, but um, having those bilingual um, service providers come in is just great man like you come these families are like so thankful and um, it, it's awesome so um, but yeah man that's it's a big issue we had a lot of scared uh, students um, when all that was coming down and you know all the talk about you know, the border stuff man like <laughs> it's crazy I mean I feel like you know maybe a conversation for voice for the underground but um, oh I'm sure they, they cover it <laughs> So much better than I can. Yeah. Oh, same here. But um, no, it's crazy, man. Um, I mean, it's interesting to hear your perspective as someone that has to deal with the oh no, man, the I'm individuals. In the tre- yeah, that, yes, that are experiencing it, this. No, we are in the trenches, man. It's not just me. It's teachers. You know, are working with these kids, and um, as a son of a teacher, I know how hard teacher and the husband of a teacher actually. Uh, you know, how the how hard these educators are working, and they're just as much working with these kids as I am, and um, they're hearing the same stories I am. So mm. it's um, it's crazy times, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know what, what a solution is for it, or I, I, I would need to get a little more educated on all of that stuff. Mm. It's it's just all, uh, 
it's an interesting thing. It's very, it, it's unfortunate for the people that are, you know, in a situation where, where they are trying to get an education and, and they can't or, or they, they're fearful of it. Yeah. I think my take on it has always been no one forced that kid to come here. Like, right. is it like, why are we punishing the student? Got you know, it. Yeah, can yeah. we control where they were born? Can they control where their parents took them? No. Right. <laughs> so that, that's where I stand on it. And you know, it's funny. I'll tell them like, we'll be in, you know, talking in my office and, um, you know, they, I think they see me and, you know, I have a great relationship with my students. So, um, but they know, you know, white guy, like why, what would he know? And so I always try to tell them like, Hey, like we're all immigrants, you know that. Right. And they kind of looked like weird. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, unless you're native American, like right. none of us were born here, <laughs> you know, like obviously we were born here, but none of our ancestors were actually born here. So right. at some point, you know, I think you said you're Polish, right? Half Polish, uh, half, Polish half Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. So you do, you got it from both ends. So, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So obviously no, at yeah, some I point mean, you're, I mean, you had to come to America. So yeah, with it, my family and exactly. a lot of families. So it, I'm the, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I get it both, I get both ends. I have the, yeah. the, the dad that was Polish, but has been, I think third or fourth generation. So sure. he's been here for a long, you know, the family has been here a long time and I got a mom who's, you know, was born in the Philippines and, um, lived there till she was like 28, 29. So yeah. I got both sides where I can, I can see both sides and I, um, I can sympathize with, with both. So, um, what, um, not to flip it on you or anything yeah, with the interview what? here, but, uh, not, it's not an interview, <laughs> <laughs> just a conversation. It's just right? us talking. Yeah. So do you find yourself, because I, I've had a lot of friends who are, um, you know, like half Chinese, half white. Sure. Um, yeah. And they really embrace like that Chinese part of their life, like being Chinese, you know, they were like part of the Asian student union in school. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like for you? Like, did you really embrace like, yeah, I like I'm half Filipino. Like I really embrace that side of myself or is it just going to have been like half and half or like, where do you come down on that? Like in terms of like your heritage? Sure. And, like, I mean, in terms of, you know, family life and stuff, you know, I obviously was half and half. I'd go to fa- family parties on my, my, my dad's side, I'd go to family parties on my white side, mm-hmm. Filipino parties, Polish parties, you know, white people parties at this point. Um, but yeah, so our family was half and half, but, um, my identity, I kind of was more embracing the, the Filipino side. It was, you know, I think, I guess the, the being mixed, um, I kind of just embraced the other side. Just, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, um, growing up, I, even the, the, the grammar school I went to was a Catholic school, but it was very diverse. Mm, okay. Um, the high school I went to was one of the most diverse in the country. So I was around diversity. So it wasn't uncool to be diverse. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was normal. So you and, didn't feel like you were different than anybody. You just felt like you were just part of the group. Right. Right. And, yeah, cool. and, I, and I felt like, um, I don't know why, but I just, it felt First off, I think I just looked a little more Filipino than white. <laughs> but, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, but uh, then again, I get from white. I get from Filipino all the time that I look white. So, but if I I would say seventy percent of the people don't think I'm white, or they think I'm mixed with something else. So that's why I was like, oh, you know, I'm not pure white. I'm Filipino. Like that. I'm. I that's what I identify more with. So I was in the um, in high school. I wasn't so much. I did the Filipino club for like a day. <laughs> and then I and then I just was like, I was well, I was I was a freshman and I, I didn't know I went to a high school that I, where I didn't know anybody. Okay. So I was just a really shy kid. So I went to Filipino club for a day. Saw all these Filipinos that already knew each other. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. And I just <laughs> and I just made friends with everyone else. Right. Um, 
But then in college, I made it a point to join the Filipino club. It was in, in, at the University of Illinois, it's called Philippine Student Association, PSA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I joined, I made it a point to join that. I made it a point to start dating like Filipino girls. Okay. <laughs> so, then I, so then from then on, it was just like, yeah, I'm like Filipino. Now that I'm like uh, out, of, <clears throat> out of college and stuff, it's... I don't really ident- I mean I identify being both. I'm just I'm just me. I don't really lean yeah. one way or the other. I mean I still have a lot of Filipino tendencies, but I also still have like a lot of white tendencies too. So okay. but I definitely went through a phase where I was like I'm Filipino, I'm in the Filipino club, I'm going to marry a Filipino. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to embrace all of this and they're lucky to have me cuz they're going to get a little bit of white in them too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Um, another, you know, per your suggestion, um, I watched that uh, Crazy Rich Asians movie. Oh yeah, and it's a great film, man. It's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it came on HBO. So I watched that a couple weekends ago, and I was thinking about you. How you said, um, you know, when you go to the Philippines, you're just like, yeah, you're not really Filipino, man. Like mm-hmm. you're half being from America, you know, double that. It was like, oh yeah, he was right. It's just like that movie, you know. Exactly, like, it is just like that movie. Yeah, if you weren't born in that country, it's like it's you're looked at, you know, kind of as an outsider. I, I think for yeah. sure if, if I would have grown up, let's say I would have grown up in like the North, the North Shore burbs of Chicago, which is very white. Um, I think I would have, I think I would have, um, people would have identified me as Filipino, but I would have like embraced trying to just be white. I think, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was around a mixed group my entire life. Like I had black friends, I had Span- Hispanic friends, I had Filipino yeah. friends, I had white friends. So it was just normal to just be diverse, you know. So I think I think, sa- I think culture had. A, I'm sorry. I think um, not culture, but uh, nature. The people around me had a lot to do with it. Okay. So what I was going to ask you: Did you grow up like in Chicago, or like what part of Illinois yeah. did you grow? Okay. So I grew up. I was when I was. I uh, explain this because in, I I don't know really much about like that area, yeah, yeah. so you, you have to educate me a little bit, man. I'm yeah, sure the so, listeners want to hear this too. So, <laughs> of course, they want to hear me talk about me because it's my show. Well, I know um, there's a lot of Illinois <laughs> people who listen to this show, but some of us aren't from the area, so yeah, I want to be educated a, a little bit. Yeah, no, of course, um, and I'm happy to talk about it. Um, no, I grew up in Chicago, so in wow. there's Chicago, and then there's obviously the suburbs and the greater okay. Chicago land area. Sure, sure. Um, Chicago itself is in Cook County, and Cook County encompasses Chicago okay. and a lot of its burbs. And then there's other counties around Chicago that are um, greater Chicagoland area. And greater Chicagoland area can extend all the way to northwest Indiana and even like a little bit of southern Wisconsin and as Got far it. out as Rockford, Illinois, and Naperville, which is pretty west. Um, but I grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Lincoln Park, which is uh, where DePaul. Have you heard of DePaul? Of course, School. man. Yeah. yeah. DePaul, right? that's DePaul Blue Demons. Yeah, that's where DePaul oh. is. Yeah. So it's a um it's kind of like a a yuppie uh college kind of kind of neighborhood. Yeah, um, I'd say I'm following you along on Google Maps here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it I mean it's it's nicer, but it's not like super rich. It's just, you know, it's upper middle class probably. So I grew up there, which is tech, north side of Chicago, yeah. up until yeah. I was about 12 or 13 and then I moved out to to Niles, which is a northwest suburb of Chicago, not too far out in Chicago. So it's still in Cook County. Um, okay. And that's probably, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes without traffic from downtown. So it's not too far. Um, and I was there and I lived there my from uh, probably like sixth or seventh grade on to high school. 
or okay. throughout high school. Um, and then from there, um, went down to the University of Illinois. So, um, Champagne, right? Champagne Urbana, correct. So, okay. Um, where I grew up in Niles is one of the few burbs. So the suburbs are, are generally the northwest burbs and the northern burbs are, are more white. But Niles, um, Skokie, Morton Grove, uh, even a little bit of like Displains Park Ridge are pretty diverse too. So I went to Maine East High School, which is in okay. Park Ridge. And if you look up, okay. if you Wikipedia Maine East, I, I don't know if it still says this, but it mentions that it's like one of the most diverse high schools in all the nation. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. That kind of reminds me of the school I work at. You know, we have a lot of, um, obviously Hispanic, like I mentioned, you know, some white kids. We also have, um, and, and it's an Asian group. I don't know if there's a lot of this group um, from where you're from, uh, Hmong. Hmong, yeah. Hmong, okay. yeah. Hmong, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so it's kind of confusing. It's, there's an H, it's H-M-O-N-G. Yeah, yep. I know um, Hmong. Yeah. People, yeah. So, I know, I know uh, a couple of Hmong people. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, we have actually a very high population in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, two of my coworkers uh, are Hmong, actually. So, um, But we have a very high population there. We have uh, some Indian students, uh, some Pakistani students. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's cool, man. Like, it's when you're talking, it's like, yeah, that kind of makes me think of um, the school I work at. So, it's what, great. What was funny about that is I remember being in high school and mm-hmm. being around so many diverse kids. And you, I, I don't know how it is now, especially with how sensitive people are. Uh-huh. But I remember when I was in high school, which was shit. Oh, man, well, how long ago was that? At least 12 years ago. Um, we're 13, but 13. You're class of, we're class of 06. So, uh, oh, right. That's even yeah. longer. So 15, 13, 13, at least 13 years ago. So um, I remember super diverse. You know, you'd think we'd be more sensitive to each other. We were all, we would make racial jokes to each other all the goddamn time. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. We used to make fun of each other for being whatever race all the time and it, it, everyone would laugh like it was all in good fun i mean i'm sure some people like were like what the fuck that's kind of racist as fuck but we were we were so i mean this was also around the time Chappelle show was out so it oh, was kind of like this was the you know it was fun like it, like no one was super sensitive about it. like i used to i would go up to people I, i'd go up to people of my own race like i had polish friends i'm like you dirty fucking polack <laughs> and they'd be like you fucking and they'd be like you dirty Japanese motherfucker I'm like I'm not Japanese you asshole like but it was fun like I don't know why. I just remember like we we could joke around about those things and it was fun and funny mm-hmm. and then I remember mm-hmm. going to college and I would like make those jokes to people like some of my like Filipino friends and like make Filipino stereotypical jokes and they'd be like the fuck dude you're kind of fucked up I'm like, like you can't say that I'm like, I'm like what are you talking about like we used to we joke like this all the time I, I don't know I feel like I felt like being around all different races made us just all like bring, put our guard down. Yeah. And that's I don't know like, how it is now, but that's how I felt at the time. It's like, we could be, we could make fun of the fact we could make fun of our, our stereotypes because everyone was so different and had stereotypes that it was all just a big melting pot. Well, I think that's the thing is you have to learn to have a sense of humor about it. And I think with social media, man, I just, you know, it's ruined everything, in my opinion. <laughs> that's, that's a digression. But um, there's this, this culture of sensitivity right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, you cannot say anything. I know. Or else you're just going to get roasted. you know. And I think uh, Rug Boy's finding that out on Twitter. <laughs> Heck, dude, that guy goes after people. It's he hilarious. does. <laughs> I, I, I'm always just like, dude, social media is just not the place to argue. No, you're not going to win. And, you like, never you win. Because I've been like, ah, should I jump in and defend it? I'm like, nah, fuck it, man. Like, nah. He's too far gone. Like, <laughs> I, I, I always, I, that's one of the things where I severely like disagree with him. I'm just like, dude, 
you bring this on yourself. Like, why do you even oh, totally. go? Like, why do you even mm-hmm. do it? There's, there's, it's social media is just the fucking armpit. Like, you just you, you you can't make. And that this is something we've discussed on the show because there's plenty of people that have been like scrutinized on social media for tweets and all that. It's like you can't make racial jokes on social media. You no. can't make any sort of jokes. No joke, not you, at all. It's just not the place because everything. It's just so limited, and people think people can twist it so easily and misinterpret it and without context of a conversation where i'm talking to you back and forth and you can hear how i'm you know saying these things to you like if you just took the snippet of you dirty fucking polack you know what when i said that to you about when i was making fun of my friends you'd be like oh my god that he's racist but like no i was saying that to my polish friend because we had this like where i'm polish as well and we had this rapport and blah 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 blah. but you see social media doesn't provide that kind of context to a there's conversation. There's no context. There's no tone. There's no, you know, you can't hear, like you said, you can't hear the person saying it. So right. they're going to take it as is on a, you know, written on a screen. Right. Oh, what the fuck? Like, what did this guy just say? You know? And, right. and then, and then here come the, tw- you know, the hounds are coming, you know, cause that's Twitter. It's just everyone gangs up. You mm-hmm. know, that's how it is. It's everyone's going to jump on this person. Oh, Twitter and- especially. I mean, well, social media is just bully culture. And, and here's the thing, like, um, you know, the things with like James Gunn or like Kevin Hart, like they bring this shit back from like this guy tweeted 10 years ago, man. Like, come on, you know, like he posted one thing and now it's like, oh, he posted this in 2008. Let's get him. Right. You know, and, and it's just that mob um, culture, you know, it's just that that we're in right now. And kind of like a sports thing, um, the my team's the 49ers. Uh, they just drafted Bosa from Ohio State, the yep, DN. Yep. Yeah, and I think he had something like that. He posted something or liked even I think I don't think he even posted I think he liked something back like four years ago or something like that. And all these people were just ripping him and and granted the Bay Area is super super liberal and you know and that's how they roll, but um, they're just pounding this guy for something he had favored. Like it might have been a Trump thing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll read what happened. A okay, week, there you go. Okay, a week before the draft, Bosa um, tweeted out or had some controversial tweets, such as calling Kaepernick a clown. Um, there you go. He expressed okay. support for Donald Trump, which you yes, cannot do. <laughs> no, 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 God, no. <laughs> Never on social media can you support <laughs> Donald Trump, right? Um, yeah. And then liked a post with some racist and homophobic hashtags. Okay. Well, um, there you go. But, I mean, even if a guy supports, like, I personally, and I'm not a big Trump guy, but he can support Trump. Like, what? I, like, it, it is, no. I mean, like, if his reasons for, for supporting Trump are, I'm a motherfucking racist and I hate the Mexicans, well, then that's probably a little flawed. But if you support, you know, Trump for other things, then, you know, whatever. It's like, it's a conversation. No, like... I'm. I live in a very conservative community, mm-hmm. so everyone around me is a Trump supporter, mm-hmm. and that's hard. I mean, it's not like I'm just like, oh fuck you, like you support Trump, like you know, like some people are like that. Like if you support Trump, I don't even know you anymore. It's not like you know, I'm obviously not that bad, but yeah, it's it's tough, man. This culture, you know, it's like we're talking about the political culture. It is right now. It's like, well, are you a Trump supporter or not? How do you stand on this issue? <laughs> right. It's, it's like, so binary. You know, yeah, yeah, no, totally, man. I, I'm, I, where I'm at, it's like, if you support Trump, like, what is wrong with you? Like, that's where a lot of like the people I hang around with, and just being in Chicago, it's a very democratic. Oh yeah, man, you're city. the heart of you know <laughs> our last president. You know, that's right. his, that's his home turf, man. So right, obviously, right. you're gonna hear that a lot. And I'm pretty close to the Bay Area, which is obviously super, uh, super liberal, and our, you know, California is you know super blue. Um, obviously, Illinois is as well. So we're from two of the most uh, liberal states in the union you, but you mentioned though 
because Jason Dutch mentioned this too, is inland mm-hmm. California though can be very conservative. Oh, so I told you I'm from like we call it the Valley, right? So it's very um, you know agriculture farm farmers like super so like basically from um, is it there's a town called Bakersfield? I don't know if you ever heard of Bakersfield. Yep. So okay, so it's just like probably a couple hours north of Los Angeles. So that's like the kind of the end of the valley and then the top of the valley is Redding. So all that area is just like uber conservative. Mm. But the most people live in, you know, LA, San Diego, Bay Area. Right. So that's where all the people you know, live in the big cities. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the big issue in the state is like, you know, these 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 pockets of people rep- don't represent the entire state and so there's this whole movement a few years ago for California to um, split into two states. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, and they were going to start Northern California was going to become the state of Jefferson. When was there, this? Oh, I guess about 6 years ago now. So uh, probably like where would be the where be the line? Uh I think they said Fresno. So but then what do you, how do you exclude the Bay Area is super liberal? So they want to basically like gerrymandering basically let's make lines mm. so it just includes this portion of california like we're going to be over here the rest of you can be over here so it almost was like a north south kind of thing but excluding the coast what the fuck i'm looking at something now this is crazy oh dude and there was like counties who actually like voted for it and passed it like some very near where i where i'm at um you might have in front if you're looking up right now mm-hmm. but there were some counties in california that were already like yeah let's do it lake county yeah, Tehama County. Yeah, Tehama. Mo- yeah. Tehama, Modoc. Modoc, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're naming a bunch of uh, Northern California counties. Hmm. I mean, what? Could you ever see that happening? God, no. No? <laughs> the, the, these counties you just rattled off that are so small. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. They just and then if they became their own state, they just wouldn't have a, they wouldn't be able to build an infrastructure they, to support they themselves. Just took the word out of my mouth. They they had no infrastructure, man. Uh. So it, it died off. But it's funny, man. I'll drive around town and still see. Um, actually, now I'm reading that you pulled it up. So one of the uh, the counties I'm looking. I live in one of the counties on here. Oh really? Yeah. So I think you named some of them: mm-hmm. uh, Lake Tama, Plumas. So I live in Sutter County. Gotcha. On there as well. Yuba County is where that's where my school is that I work at. So. Um, all of these are like Northern California, but super small. So, I mean, it's kind of like a drop in the bucket. What's, what's Sacramento? Is that more uh, conservative? Sacramento is, I'd say conservative. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's Valley. Gotcha. Um, most of the liberal people you're going to get are people who work at the Capitol, but they don't live in Sacramento. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. senators and you know people, congressmen, you know they, they the don't congressmen that represent their counties. Yeah, it's not like they live in Sacramento; they're coming from somewhere else. So gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, you brought up something, and I don't want you to forget about it. But you okay. asked about me being us being the same age. Yes, and I don't have kids. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> and I'm not even close that I know uh, of. That's crazy. Yeah, so. One of the things actually that kind of drew me in the show was that I picked up on that you and I were the same age. Right. And then you said, I was like, shit, man, we're only like three months apart in age. Am um, I older than you? Uh, I'm older than you by three months. I'm oh, September. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. So, um, but you were talking about, it was one of the earliest shows I listened to. It was the um, the Batman and Robin, uh, what the fuck happened episode. Okay. And you were talking about, oh yeah, my dad took me to see it. And then the memories you said were like, yeah, I don't remember it being that bad. Because when you see it, you're like, you know, eight years old or whatever. You're not sitting there like, this movie sucks. You know, like, right. you don't, you're not, you're going, oh, this is Batman. This is great. You know? And then you watch it as an adult, like, what the fuck? You know? So. Just, just a quick you, comment on that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I do, I miss being able to go to movies and enjoying everything. 
Right. You know, <laughs> as, as a kid, I think I enjoyed most everything going in as a kid. I, what did I actually think kind of sucked? I'm trying to think what movie did I was I like as a kid going, that sucks. Can you think of one? <laughs> nah, you know, no. Uh, like, so one of the examples, because um, Rugboy likes to rip into Star Wars, and he always talks about episode one mm-hmm. and how bad it is. And I know it's not the best movie, but oh, I told That actually is my first one where I was like, you, I didn't but think you're it not sucked, a Star Wars guy. But I'm not you're a Star Wars guy. That's a problem. Not, and you always say that, that yeah. you're not a Star Wars e- guy. Even so as I'm, a kid, I was going, I didn't like that. <laughs> I thought that was boring. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing. And I think you guys, we've talked about this on the show, and I think I emailed you guys about this once. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always like the frame of mind of when you went to see that movie, like the memory. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was a fifth grader, you know, like it's episode one. Like we went for my buddy's birthday party. We all went together, like, you know, six of us, like, oh, this is awesome, you know, lightsabers, blah, blah, blah. You know, we had the video game, we had the, the paraphernalia, like, we went and saw it like three times, mm-hmm. you know, like that's how crazy it was because it was just, you know, Star Wars is back. You know, like never once was like, this movie's not good. You mm-hmm. know, like you don't even think like that. So it's kind of funny. Like, and I say the same thing about like the first Spider-Man movie, like how, and I think Imran and Rugboy actually have said, like, even though they're quite a bit older than us, that they did have a good reaction to that movie when they first saw it. I think they both like, well, Imran, again, Imran likes everything. Likes everything. Yes. But I remember seeing that, like it was me and my three best friends. We're sitting in our, our local movie theater and just our jaws were like open, dude. Like, how did they make this? You know, right. like the special effects. It was just like for the time, it, like you, you got, I mean, you got to remember the first time you saw that, right? Like, do you remember like what you were thinking? The first Spider-Man? This? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was amazing. Right. Although I was also at the, so was it, when did that come out? 2002? Two, oh, two, yeah. So you're at that point, I'm in the punk ass stage. So I'm like 14. Okay. So I was seeing the previews. I was going, Spider-Man looks great. Green Goblin looks like a Power Ranger. That was what I, that was my thought going into it, and then when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, they kind of pulled it off. Yeah, I just remember the the visual of him swinging through the city was just like amazing. How, how did they? It was just like took my breath away, man. Um, oh yeah, amazing. The, so the delineation for me as a kid, and maybe probably the same for you and a lot of other kids, is either I liked the movie or I thought it was boring. Either no, either, no, the, either the movie was great or there's too much talking <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my that's my kid voice. They're talking too much. It's a good kid voice. Man. Yeah. <laughs> what, and then remember, I I was like, hey Anthony, I was like, I know you know about the Space Jam soundtrack, man. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's and one of the, like, the all time great space uh, um, soundtracks. First, that was the first CD I ever bought with my own money. I think I bought that on cassette still. Oh yeah, no, it was yeah, it was both, man. Yeah, I don't remember if I had it on seat, but I remember. So I, I remember buying it because I saw the movie and I was like, "This is fucking amazing." And then I, my aunt um, took me uh, to the 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 records the, the the CD store. I don't even know what what CD store. What were the CD was stores it, called? Uh, like Camelot. Yeah, yeah. There, I, don't, yeah I forget yes, what it was, but Tower Records. Yeah, yeah, it was like I thought it was like Coconut or I don't know what it was, but. I remember going, and I think I walked past, it and I saw it, and I thought it was the movie. Uh-huh. I legitimately thought it was the movie. Uh-huh. I thought it was the mini movie, so I took it and bought it. <laughs> I was like, "Buy this for me." Bought it, and she's like, "This isn't the movie. This is the cassette." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I was going, "Wait!" Like in disappointment, but then we played it, and I go, "This still reminds me of the movie, and this is amazing." I remember just playing it on loop at my aunt's house over and oh, over and over. Dude, I know, man. I'm telling you, dude. I mean. I got like think okay so here's the artist you got Jay Z 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, D'Angelo, Salt and Pepper. Wait, Beth Jay Z was on the Space Jam. Yes. Oh my yes. god. I mean, I'm just running. I mean, um, Coolio. I mean, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. all Buster Rhymes, yep. LL Cool J, Method Man. Um, I mean, this is. I mean, these are just like the, a who's who of '90s hip hop. Right. You know? <laughs> so I mean, that's a hell of a soundtrack, man. Oh yeah. Biz Marquee. I'm just naming more, but like, yeah, that's that soundtrack was legit, man. It was great. That was, that was one of my my. I remember that soundtrack and the Lion King soundtrack. Lion King is obviously a little. Actually, Lion King wasn't that um, much uh, earlier than sound. Than, yeah, Lion uh, King was I think ninety four. Yeah, and this is ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, Lion so. King. I remember playing that on loop as well, and just yeah. loving that. Those are yeah. Those are my two all time favorites. Can you admit, like now if they ever do a Space Jam two with LeBron James, which I think they will. It, there's no way it can capture the magic, right? No way. And that's actually <laughs> one of the subjects. I mean, if we're going to, I mean, I, we have to circle back to the whole uh, us being the same age thing. Oh, but yes. One of the things we'll put a pin in it to come back to is um, my fandom of, of Michael Jordan and the Bulls because we have that in common. I have to go through that with you, like mm-hmm. growing up with the Bulls in the era that we did. Oh, my God. But we'll put a pin in that yep. because we have to circle back to <laughs> the us being the same age thing. Yes. So. Picked up on that on the show, so now we're like circling way back, um, that we were the same age. Now, you'll tell these stories like, dude, your Coachella story was amazing, dude. <laughs> like, it's what it's my, it's been my favorite episode of the year so far. Really? Like, no, dude, I, I just love like your story, man. Like, I was like on a run and I was listening to that. And I like came back and I sat in the backyard, like, when I was done, and I just listened to it. I was like, it was so interesting to me, man. Like, like what, what I think, specifically? I think it was just, um, vicariously living through you <laughs> of like, cause I've always been very fascinated by Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had friends who've gone and it's in California. So I've known a lot of people. You've done never it. done it, right? I have not. No, yeah. uh, I'm a married stiff. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. At, uh, at, at this point, I don't know how you would do it. Yeah. Um, but I have known a lot of people. You know, I've known people going to Burning Man, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, just kind of hearing your stories. And I think just the, um, the fire festival documentaries. I just watched those oh, yeah. and about those. Yep. And, um, I've always been fascinated by like Woodstock and things like that. Um, so just to hear like the first person account of someone who went and then the stuff with uh, you and the ex-girlfriend, it was just, just money. Dude. <laughs> <So good. laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was just, yeah. That was great, man. I, just the, I mean, the thing too about festivals is I haven't, I wasn't ever, I wasn't a festival guy up until, my first festival wasn't until 2013, so I was already way out of co- like out of college for three years. Yeah, yeah, you know. Right. And before that, you know, Lollapalooza is a big festival that comes to Chicago every year. I yes, had, I've heard, yeah, I had like less than like 20 percent desire to ever go to that when I was a kid, huh. you know, or in high school or in college. I was like, okay, I was one of those. I was like, well, I don't want to see the. the um, see music live. There's crowds. I remember going to. There's this local radio station called B96. Okay. And I was in college, and my girlfriend at the time bought us tickets. I was like, okay, I'll go. Whatever. Like, it's uh-huh. fine. Like, I do kind of want to see these artists. I listen to them all the time. I went. I didn't drink at all. First off, I think I was under 21, so I was very like, okay, I'm not drinking. Like, I'm not. I don't do that if I'm not, you know, 21. Um, and I was like, this sucks. Like all these, all these people, all these kids are drunk and like acting like idiots and I'm standing here and I'm with my girlfriend and I couldn't even get in the music and there's a lot of people and it's dry. Like, takes forever. Tell, okay. So what were some of the acts? Like who was playing? Oh man. It was like Danny D. Kane and that, that the headliner was T-Pain. Um, 
<laughs> and it was T-Pain and, you know, he auto-tunes. I, I guess he can really yeah. sing live, but mm-hmm. hearing him sing without the auto-tune, I was just going, this doesn't sound like the song on the radio. So I was, my, my thought was none of these people sound like they sound on the radio. And if they Why do you sound drink like, is not supposed to sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so I was like, I don't want to do these things. I don't want to go. And then um, I got convinced to go to, um, it's called, it was EDC, um, Electric Daisy Carnival, but it was at the okay. Chicago version in 2013. Okay. And I was like, I don't like EDM, electric dance music around it, whatever. It's like, I don't like this. My friends were a couple of my, one, a couple of my friends, not all my friends were going to festivals, only a few. And they were, they told me, um, yeah, you do. You know, you listen to this radio, you hear EDM, you kind of, you know, you like it, you just don't know the songs. I'm like, okay, whatever. They're, I'm like, I, but I'm not spending money on this. And they, they, the hook was, they go, you should do it one time. The girls are hot. I go, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> That's all you need to hear. <laughs> and then ever since I've been just going, cause I've actually found myself to enjoy EDM and enjoy the festival culture and just, now I travel to them and it's just, it's um, provided a ton of memories and, and put a big hole in my wallet. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Like you'll talk about it on the show, like how you go to these festivals and stuff. And the thing and is, I love Imran the stories, and Rugboy can't even relate it to it at all. Right. So they just, they talk to me about it and they, I know they're just like, what the fuck, dude? What is this guy talking about? Why yeah. do you do this? But the stories are so good, man. Like that's what I love about like sometimes you do it on the post show, you know, mm-hmm. like you know you did it on the main show that with the Coachella. But I think yeah, we continued man, I, that on the post show too. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, you yeah. kept going with it because they, they yeah. were they were very curious about me going with the ex girlfriend. That's right. That's um, all that stuff was in the post show. Yeah, yeah, and that was I mean that was all interesting stuff for them to, to to hear about. And I mean it is an interesting situation to have to go with someone you'd been dating and and just you know and broke up with maybe four or five months prior. Oh, mm-hmm. Man, that was always that was a really uh, it was yeah. interesting for sure. Well, it's kind of funny, man. Like I feel like you're like the norm for people our age, and I think I'm in the minority. Think so? Oh yeah, I, th- dude. I think people are getting married later and later. Oh, dude, I have um, you know, I'd say like you know, six or seven people I consider like you know really close buddies, mm-hmm. of mine, like good friends, and you know none of them have kids. Really. Yeah, you know, some of them are married. Like, I got one of my best friends. He's married. You know, a couple of friends, and one's getting married um, in September. Uh, so it's kind of coming along. But like, yeah, I mean, no kids. I mean, you're, most you know, of them you're actually married. right. So, and here's my my situation. I got a lot of close friends. A lot mm-hmm. of them are getting married, or a lot of them are married. Like the the yeah, you've been going to a lot of weddings, man. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you're like I'm at bachelor parties. So I I've picked up on a lot of your friends are getting married. A lot of them. Like once 26, 27 hit, that's when right. everyone was starting to get married. So sure. I'm I'm one of the last single ones. Okay. Most of the girls are getting married or are in pretty serious relationship. Um, mm-hmm. The guys, m- most of them are getting are in relationships. There's only a few. There's more guys that are single than girls in my friend group. Oh, for sure. Which yeah. always is probably the case. Um, but you're right. Like a lot of them, I, there's only maybe a few of my close friends that have kids. Like maybe if there was a percentage, maybe less than ten percent. Mm-hmm. maybe like seven five somewhere around there have kids so yeah, yeah i mean i but but it is we're all we're 31 now so i do start there are little hints of nuggets of my closer friends that are 31 32 going you know maybe i I went to a, a music festival this past weekend and one of my friends goes um let's go to this next music festival it'll be my baby moon i'm like what the fuck 
You're going, you're going to have a kid. <laughs> you're thinking about that? Because oh, for me, I mean, you have kids, so you have, you have two, right? Yeah, two. two and when, how old were you when you had your first kid? I was ooh, 20, I was, I was 29 going on 30. Okay, so when yeah. did, are you, you're married? Yes. When did you get married? Got married in 2012. Okay, so you're 25? So, yeah, no, I was 20, 24, 24 when I got married, yeah. Oh, you were kind of young. Yeah. Comparatively, well, my friends. Well, here's the th- I've been with my now wife, girlfriend at the time, but I've been with her since high school. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, so we've been together for everything. Since, yeah, since yeah, so we've been together since we were sixteen. So Jeez. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we were kinda due. Did you did you <laughs> did she go to Fresno? She did not. She went to uh, a school called UC Santa Barbara. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of that one, but yeah, mm-hmm. of course that's where she went. I watch yeah. college basketball. Of course, I know where she's. Okay, yeah, I was thinking you're a sports guy. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so that's where she went. So yeah. Well, first off, props to you guys for keeping that relationship going. Thank through college. you, man. Appreciate that's, that. Thank you. You never see that. You never see the high school um, sweetheart last through college if they don't go to the same school. But I digress. Um, but yeah, my, when my friends talk, you know, you have kids and my, my friends talk, I'm like, I, I just think to myself, I'm not even close to that life. I remember holding a couple of weeks ago, I was at a baptism and I was mm-hmm. holding one of my friend's babies and I was uh-huh. feeding the kid like oh, a wow. bottle okay. and they, they go, Tony, you got to tip the bottle up. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I'm just like, hold, I'm like feeding the kid. I'm, I just go, I'm not even close to this. Like this isn't anywhere near my life can you please take the kid out of my hand i don't want to drop the kid i'm like scared i'm just don't know what the hell i'm doing please get this away from me but you know what man like i'm gonna give you props because you actually held the child (laughs) most guys like you would be like fart that i'm not touching the baby no seriously dude like you don't even know like well no we'll ask people like hey man you want to hold the baby's like i'm good (laughs) but you actually like fed the baby man so i'm giving you major props on that okay but uh, props but Every time someone asks me to hold the baby, I will hold the baby, but I am going, fuck, I don't want to drop this baby. I don't want to drop this baby. Don't ask me to hold the baby. And then the thing is, too, is I, I hold the baby, and then the baby inevitably cries, and I'm just like, fucking hell, this is like, this baby doesn't like me. Get this baby out of my hands. You know, I want the baby to like me, too, and, it, <laughs> and the baby doesn't. It's not like a dog. Like every, I have like a, I'm like a dog whisperer, so any dog that comes up to me usually likes me. Babies, immediately I hold them, and something goes wrong. I'm just going, oh, fucking hell. Yo, what did I do? What did I do? Right. It's immediately my fault when it's probably not, but it's just... Yeah, don't take it personally. <laughs> babies just cry. My own daughter cries when I hold her, man. It's it's oh, yeah. yeah. It's just babies, dude. How old are your kids? One's <laughs> so my, two? My, yeah, my son's two, and then my daughter is uh, three months old. Oh, geez, three months old. Yeah. So, new, yeah thanks, man. Yeah. You're so. not getting a lot of sleep. Oh, God, no. No? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, I shouldn't say that. She's actually, she sleeps through the, through the night oh, now. Yeah? So. What's a good yeah, night to sleep for her? Oh God, dude, she'll go eleven hours. Holy shit, that's awesome! Oh no, she, I know people are like, we fucking hate you. Like they tell me, my wife, like we hate you because like most kids, it's like, you know, some kids take them a year to sleep through the night, man. So we yeah, have heard very, everything. We've been very fortunate and blessed that our kids sleep through the night, man. Like it's it's crazy. You doing the uh, um? You swaddle the kid? Uh, dude, with uh my son, mm-hmm. yes. Um, with my daughter though, we haven't had to do that. Really? She just she just sleeps, man. Like put her down, good. Wife feeds her down for bed. She's she just good. put her on her back. Yeah. And she doesn't you're not worried about her turning over or whatever? Nah, no. Nah. She she has a little um it's not a swaddle, man. It's we call it's called a sleeper. Okay. So it kind of basically immobilizes her arms and legs. Right. So she can't really roll over and she sleeps ah, fine like that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I, I've learned about these things through my friends and I'm just going, Oh my god, I'm just fucking freaking me out. <laughs> 
Like, don't, so, don't tell me about this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So like, so I have a buddy who's, um, he's getting married in September and uh, my wife was asking him like, Hey, you know, how long are you guys going to wait, you know, for kids? And he's like, well, I think it's going to happen pretty quick. Cause he's like, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. So my question is like, do you ever feel like, Oh man, like, do I need to like get married? Like, do I need, is my clock ticking here? Like, does that ever like cross your mind or you're just like, I'm good, man. Like I'm living my <laughs> life. I want to do, or like, what's that like? I, for think, you? I think that it, it goes, it comes and goes. Uh-huh. There are times where I'm like, man, should I start thinking about like getting serious? But then I'm like, but I don't want to just like get serious. Like, I don't want to be like just to do today. It. I'm getting serious. You know, like I, I don't want it to ever be like that. Well, um, you've had like from what I've picked up on the show, you've had some serious relationships over your you know past few years, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it sounds like you've dated girls for quite a long time, and what for whatever, whatever reason haven't worked out. But you've you've tried. I mean, you've right. made attempt. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've always been. I, I think I take after my my dad in certain ways. I've always enjoyed being alone. Like I enjoy like doing like I enjoy my me time. Like there's times. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of times where I'm just like. No one talked to me. I just want to sit down and watch TV and be in be in my own zone for a long, like for hours upon hours. So like mm-hmm. that that's always been a, a struggle for me when I'm in relationships. Is like okay, and like it's just not about me anymore. I have to make time for someone, and that's that's always been a struggle. Um, but no, I mean I, I'm I'm totally down to have kids. Yeah, like that that's something that's important to me for sure. That's I mean. It's one of those things, where, like, because people ask you, like, "Hey, what do you, you know, what's it like, or you know, what can you? Is, is there any advice?" And it's one of those things, man. Like, I, I didn't read any books, you know, I didn't look stuff up. It's just you just react to it naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no secret code on how to be a dad or how to be a parent. Um, and kind of circling back to the counseling thing, like, um, I'll be honest with you, I've had you know teens come who have been pregnant. You know, I've had mm-hmm. um, students who, um, you know, female students who've been pregnant, or like, you know, one of my students is the father. And I, I'll tell them straight up, like, dude, it doesn't matter if you're 18, 16, 28, 38, being a parent's terrifying. Like when you, when you found out, you're like, you're just like, I'm in charge of someone else's life. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, I mean, no matter how old you are, that is like terrifying. You know? Right, right. So once you can kind of, you know, wrap your head around that, like, cause it is like almost this like out of body experience. Like this is my kid. Like, right. When that it's just it is crazy, man. Like, and you you'll know, dude, when it happens to you, man. And I really hope that does happen to you, man, because you're a good guy. And hey, I appreciate that. Dad, and you know, <laughs> and so, and you know, podcast will be going like in your forty. Hey, I'm finally a parent, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think my my dad didn't have my dad didn't have me until he was in like his forties. Oh wow, yeah. okay. So cool. I mean, it kind of runs in the he didn't get married till he was like in his forties. So yeah, man. So I mean, everyone goes at their own pace, and you know, when it happens for you, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I but just, you, I mean, I just want to be able to, if I have the kid, when I, if and when I have a kid, be old enough to like experience my life with the kid. Not like, oh, the the kid's fifteen and I'm ninety five years old, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dead. <laughs> that would that would suck. So, uh, well, not to get too much on the, my kid stuff. Um, was there anything you wanted to discuss before I, I get into um, another reason why I have you on the show? Well, we got to circle back on the Bulls Jordan stuff. Yep. If that's where you're going we with it. We can go to the Bulls Jordan stuff because that'll be a good segue to okay. the Warriors Ooh. basketball. Okay. So you want to go finals first and then end it with uh, childhood Jordan Bulls memories? Or should I let's, use let's, that to explain? Let's, yeah, no, let's go. We're still talking about kids and childhood and okay, all that okay. stuff. So, yeah, Bulls. Okay. Because I guess the main question, well, I'll use this opportunity to kind of talk about 
being a Warriors fan because okay. you know if people haven't yeah why aren't you a Kings that, fan? Yes, okay. So and that's the question that I get, and you know automatically it's oh you're a bandwagoner because you're not rooting for your local team. So growing up, my first introduction to basketball was Michael Jordan. He is to this day the best athlete I have or will ever seen. Fuck you, not you. Fuck you, listening. Anybody who thinks LeBron's better than him, <laughs> Michael Jordan is the goat. Okay, and I know Tony's going to agree with me because he's a Bulls fan. I but have I think to. you truly, you truly do feel like that. I mean, right. I, you, I, I know you're not saying because you're a Bulls fan. Like, no, I, I agree. He's the goat. He, but not only that, man. Like, he's like an icon of my childhood. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's like we're well, just talking about Space Jam. Like, he's a cultural icon. Like, he's like part of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds like kind of melodramatic, but no, I, it's the truth. It's one hundred percent the truth. I completely agree with you. He made me become a, a, the fan of a team. Like, and I know this is actually your team, which is kind of cool to talk to you about it. But like, I grew up in California on the West Coast, rooting for the Chicago Bulls passionately. Right. Wow. Dude, like, I remember. <clears throat> excuse me, in second grade, I got a book from the book fair and it was a Chicago Bulls yearbook. <laughs> <clears throat> so that just kind of tells you. And when they three-peated uh, the second time, so the first time I don't really remember too much because I was so young, but I remember their first championship in 95, 96, and I believe that's when they had the 72 wins. Mm-hmm. Yep, 72 and that, 10. That was the season that got me into basketball like yeah. as a kid. So I was, you know, what were we? nine, eight or nine, something mm-hmm. like that. But that was my first introduction to the NBA and what it was about. And so I was diehard Jordan, the bulls, man, like, um, oh, yeah. when they put the Sonics and they, you know, went against the jazz couple years. I hated Carl Malone, John Stockton, all those guys. I hated the Pacers because yep. they had Reggie and, you know, so um, the magic um, with Shaq and Penny. Oh God. Yeah, man. So, um, and then they, uh, and then they three peated and then I believe he retired, Again, for the second time after that, is that okay? He did retire, and that was that was super heartbreaking. They blew it up, man. They blew it and up. Then, that was the, then, that was the most one of the more heartbreaking things ever. And so that happens, and so you know, no more Pippen, no more obviously, no more Jordan, no more Pippen, no more Kukoc, no more um, Luke Longley, Ron Harper, all those guys. You know, all gone. Like, let me interject real nah, quick before you. Sure, sure. I just because it's relevant to what you're talking. So I also obviously. Huge Jordan fan. I, I got yeah. into the Bulls. I didn't. I don't remember the first three peat. I was also the same age, so super yeah. young. I started getting in the Bulls um, ninety three, ninety four. So I remember them getting eliminated by the Knicks, and I okay. remember the Jordan coming back and then being heartbroken because they got eliminated by the Magic. That's right. Um, okay, but I do remember the you know three P and Jordan was amazing and and an icon for me and part of my childhood and then looking back on it now i realize even just how much greater greater he was even you know if there was even you know if if you could look back on something and something like from your childhood and be like nostalgic about it and then look back and be smart and be like wow that was actually amazing that just like doubles the amazingness you know um Mm -hmm. but a little side story so i remember um being so into the bulls that the second season, the last game of the regular season, they were sixty nine and uh, twelve, mm-hmm. and they were playing the Knicks, and they were going for back to back seventy win seasons, uh-huh. and they lost to the Knicks like in the last couple minutes. Uh, I remember that man. And they know it's sixty nine thirteen. I went to bed that night, and like my my mom was like putting me to bed or whatever, and I started crying. 
<laughs> that's that, that's amazing, dude. I, I started love that. crying, and she's like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "The Bulls lost to the Knicks, and did it go winning seventy <laughs> games?" I just that's remember amazing. that crying then, and I used to cry that during those seasons when the season was over. When the championship, when the Bulls won, I'd go, there's no more basketball till October. Wow. Yeah, I, I was crazy into the basketball I back then. I love that, man. Yeah, continue. No, I, um, well, it's funny. I was the same way. Um, I remember my dad introduced me to baseball, and uh, our team is the Giants. So yep. I just go Giants. And Not the A's? I re- Fuck. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I remember, like, my dad was teaching me how to watch baseball with him. And I remember the Giants lost, and same thing, I cried like so bad. Mm-hmm. It's like a regular season game, dude, like middle of July. My dad's like, son, there's 162 of these. You might want to calm down. Like, he had to explain that to me because I didn't know. I was like, they lost, though. <laughs> and it was the same kind of thing. I'm crying in bed. They lost. I, mean, I think it was like a close game. They mm-hmm. probably lost on a walk off to the Padres or something like that. Right. And I was just so upset. Game like, like 62. Exactly. Yeah. And they had to explain. And then, you know, the scope of it, like, yeah, it really doesn't matter, man. There's like so many more games, but that emotion, like you're talking about, like when you're a little kid with sports, Mm -hmm. um, super raw. Um, but anyway, okay. So, you know, the bulls get disbanded. So I'm like, well, now who do I root for? You know? Mm -hmm. So there was a kid on my street. I really looked up to, um, you know, he played sports in high school and like, um, he, he got me into like trading cards and, you know, um, for the kids listening, uh, you know, there's little cards with players' <laughs> pictures. <on it. laughs> like, trading cards aren't even a thing anymore. Right. Um, but I had you know, boxes and boxes of you know baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards, all kinds of cards. And he's actually the guy who got me into it. And he was this big Warriors fan, and his favorite player was Chris Mullen. And I was like, okay, like yeah, like who are the Warriors? You know, like because I only really know the Bulls, and you know whoever the Bulls are playing, you know, is just all Bulls all the time. And he's like, yeah, like they play in the Bay Area, like same place, you know, because I know you root for the Giants. It's like they're like the Giants basketball team. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So, and they, you know, they had uh, Latrell Sprewell. You remember him? Yep. Latrell Sprewell, Chris Weber was on the Warriors for a couple seasons. Uh, they had a guy named Danielle Marshall yep. was on the team for a little bit. Um, so, you know, he kind of told me who the players were and. You know, he was you know, teaching me about the team. He's like, yeah, there's this team run TMC. You know, we had Tim Hardaway. I'm like, Tim Hardaway, like who plays for the Heat? Yeah, he was on the team and Mitch Richmond and uh, Chris Mullen, and they were awesome. And I was like, okay, but by the time I was rooting for the Warriors, they were terrible. Right. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just, that's my team now. And it was kind of a joking thing with my friends because they were all Kings fans. And that by that time, the Kings were playing the Lakers every year. You remember that? Yep. With Shaq and Kobe. And the Kings had Weber and uh, Mike Bibby, Bibby and yep. Pejo Soyakovich and Vladi Divac and all those dudes. Um, and they were kicking ass. And so, um, but I was never like, I was like, I'm not, I'm a Warriors fan. Like, we're like dead last in the Pacific Division. We're terrible. You know, 20, <laughs> 20 win seasons. And I'm like, I'm diehard, man. Like, they're going to do it someday. And I just had to sit back and watch the Kings be good. And I, mean, I was like, I'm not hopping on the Kings bandwagon, the, man. I can't do it. Being a Warriors fan, people, I mean, people now just see the Warriors as this dynasty and they're great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But other than the We Believe team, the Warriors sucked for so long. Oh, so <laughs> long, dude. Like, they used to, I, I mean, they were you, a joke. No one wanted to play for the fucking Warriors. No. And, like, so the only time they were actually, like, semi-good, like, they won a championship in 75 with Rick Barry and uh, Nate Thurman and those guys. And that was obviously an amazing team. And I think they went to the finals the next year and lost. And even though they had more wins, they actually had a better team the next year and they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple good seasons in the 80s and then run TMC, like, in the early 90s with Don Nelson was the coach. Um, they had a good little run there with the guys I just mentioned. 
Um, and then, like you said, though, like when I started liking the team, like probably around like, you know, probably 98, 99, like they were deplorable. Right. Dude. Like they were so bad. And then, um, in 06, 07 is when they had like Baron Davis and Stephen Jackson and those guys in the We Believe team. And that's kind of when it turned around a little bit. But then they went back to being shitty they were, again. Yeah, they for, were bad you know, again. Yeah, for five years. And I'll be honest with you, man. Like, so 09 comes around. And I see Steph Curry for Davidson doing his thing in the NCAA tournament. I'm sure you remember all that. Yep. And I, and I'm just looking at him like, how is this kid doing this? Like he's a buck fifty. He's just his beanpole, and he's just draining, and he's taking out Gonzaga, and you know they're going to the Elite Eight. And I'm like, and I'm just baffled. I'm like, how is this kid doing this? And I think he came back the next year in '09 for his junior season, and they made the tournament again. And so the draft comes around. Now I'm hearing that the Warriors might draft, and I'm like, oh god, no, 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 no. like, like I'm cool. Like, yeah, he's a good college player, but no, never in a million years. I was like, fuck this kid, no and you way. Have Monte like, Ellis and people are going, how are they going to play together and all that? Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, dude, they cannot take this kid. Like, no. And the, sure enough, they draft. I'm like, oh my god. And his first two years, man, it's always the ankle, ankle injuries, yep. ankle injuries. Can't stay on the court. I'm like, this guy's a bust. Like, why the fuck did they draft him? So I couldn't stand him at first because <laughs> <Like, laughs> he's always hurt and, you know, he's never playing. And, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, he can score a little bit. He's always, I'm like, he's going to be a three-point shooter just like his dad was. Like, he's just going to be a shooter off the bench is basically, I thought, was his ceiling. Right. Not, and, not the guy that's going to change basketball. Exactly. And then, you know, uh, comes around to you know, 2012, I think is the year we played, um, the Nuggets. I said we, the Warriors. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I hate when people do that. And I just did it. Uh, I think it was the 2012 13 season. They played the Nuggets in the first round and knocked them out. Um, and that was like Clay was, you know, on the team, Draymond. They're kind of a young team. It was like, they're kind of like when they started kind of coming out a little bit. They had David Lee. Um, and they knocked out the Nuggets, who were, I think were the three seed that year. Mm-hmm. And they were the six seed. Yep. And they ended up losing to the Spurs. Um, and did the, I'm trying to remember, did the Spurs go to the finals that year? 2012 13. I'm going to guess they played the Heat. I think but that I no was the, the, when they went to the finals. Yep, they lost to the Heat in game that in that classic series where Ray Allen basically saved them from. The, that's okay. There you go. Yep. So anyway, so you know they lost to uh, you know someone who could, a team that could have easily won the title. So I was like, okay, you know that's a good you know good good start. You know they're kind of moving in the right direction. And I think the next year they lost in the first round to the, to the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Then they fired Mark Jackson, bring in Steve Kerr. Hey, it's that guy who played for the Bulls, the three-point shooter. Right. <laughs> so that's all I know him from is playing for the Bulls, and uh, and, that, and now he's going to be the head coach. Like, all right, like I know he worked for TNT and did some broadcasting, worked for the Suns for a little bit, um, but that's really all I knew about him. And so they bring bring him in as the coach, and um, I think they brought in Iguodala as a free yep. agent, and uh, they already had Draymond Clay and Steph. And um, I know they you know, actually brought the, in Iguodala the year before. Oh, did they? Yep. Okay, they lost the Clippers. Okay, yep. so I'm off of here. And that was the but that that Clippers series was when they found out um, that Draymond could play because Dave um, what's his name got hurt big white guy David Lee David Lee and then they started the se- I think David Lee started that season hurt as well and they yes. had Draymond in there and they were like oh shit like Draymond's the guy to have to start like mm-hmm. he, everyone was like Dave like everyone was like Draymond's this undersized four like what the hell is he gonna do and David Lee was the the starter and then. That's when they unlocked everything yeah. when Draymond started and, starting. 
Well, yeah, and that was the big thing was I remember that next year was they asked David Lee and Andre Iguodala to come off the bench. Yep. And that was the big thing. Yep. But that like that was amazing. You have two all-stars coming off the bench. Right. And that's where the whole strength and numbers thing started. And then they had this crazy depth and, you know, and now the rest is history. The rest so. is history. That is my Warriors fandom story. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it'll just completely date this podcast. Um, but we have to talk about it because you're a Warriors fan. So we're recording this on Tuesday, Tuesday June 11th. So the, the current series of the NBA Finals is Raptors 3, Warriors 2. Um, yes. One of the most crazy games emotionally I've ever seen as far as a finals warrior as finals game and especially if you're a Warriors fan and an NBA fan um, Warriors came back or Warriors were down six with like three minutes left Raptors are looking like they're going to win the title on their home floor and the, the Splash Brothers just pulled it out of their ass um, but <laughs> you also have the controversy of the fact that Kevin Durant was cleared to play and was looking great and immediately tore his Achilles or look did it come out that he tore his Achilles? He, he probably did. Being, he's going to New York to get looked at. I think that's what they think is likely yeah. what happened, but I don't know if there's been an official diagnosis. Been, yeah, as of this time there hasn't, but the way they reacted and there's even yeah, like I slow mean, did you see that slow mo video? I, I did. Yeah, I mean I it did. looks like something happened and I mean Bob Myers is the Warriors GM was just almost in fucking tears. So, he wasn't tears, man. Yeah. I mean, it's been all. I I listened to Bay Area Talk Radio all day. Yeah. And they've been talking about it all day, and so what? Just what the, you, the emotion, man. What are your thoughts? I mean, that's just a crazy fucking game, uh, and all the emotion. Well, it's crazy. I There's mean, so I honestly, back there, dude. It's like we could do a whole podcast on right. just that game. <laughs> um, the, the way that Durant came out, just nailing those threes, man. Three for three from three. It was like. He hadn't left. Right. He looked great. You know, I know. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, so I'm like, they might pull this shit off. (laughs) With the way he was playing and the momentum. I remember seeing that, but I do remember, though, hearing before the game and in game thinking, well, this is a little strange. Because I remember Kerr going no minutes restriction. I'm like, what? This guy hasn't been practicing. (laughs) Oh, I know. And and then he played, I think, the first out of 14 minutes, he played 12. I, yeah, and so he goes to the bench, and they have the big ice pack on. And I think I was just watching him, and I'm like, okay, is he just going to kind of camp out behind the arc, and that's going to be his role tonight, which is great. I mean, let's just it could just be a sniper because, let's be honest, there's nobody else on the team who can make a three right now except Clay and Steph. Hmm. So if that's his role, great. You know, like, right. I mean, yeah, like, we know he drives to the rim. He likes those mid-range jumpers. Like, that's his game, but he's going to have to adjust with the injury. Great. And then he goes to do that crossover, you know. And actually, the play okay, there was a play before that where remember he like fell over. Yeah, well, he, Serge and, dove, Serge Ibaka drove right. for the ball and like undercut him. Oh, and that's when I was like, oh no, right? You know, I'm just like holding my breath, and he just popped yeah, up. Yeah, he was fine. And after that, I'm like, oh, he's good. Like, okay, we're good. And then the crossover thing happened, and then I see him collapse. Like, oh no, right? And it wasn't even, you know, there's no contact, and just, same just thing that pressure and just, oh. It's unbelievable. I mean, I don't know who's to blame, but I mean, it's tough not to look at the Warriors' medical staff and go, How, "Why was he out there?" Right? I mean, I don't, well, I don't know the, from your what you're hearing in the Bay Area, but yeah, I mean, that, I know that been, he needed, like, they needed him. They definitely needed him, and he was he looked great for twelve, fourteen minutes. But I, from my non-medical perspective, 
it's tough to say he was ready to play if after four, 12 minutes of play he rips his Achilles in the same leg that he tore or he was nursing a calf strain. And like that doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. And my takeaway is we all know Durant wanted to play. I mean, 100%. No, he, yeah, and he's, you know, but. And there was a lot he, of like stuff coming out that he, like some people were questioning that if he wanted to play and if he was just saving himself. So he seemed like he well, had something to prove, not only to, him, to his teammates, but to himself. Well, and this circles back to what we talked about earlier about social media and the pressure and people get roasted. I mean, we know his you know travails with social media over the years. Yes. I mean, some of them are you know comical, you know the burner accounts and all that. But we know this guy is sensitive. We know that what people say bothers him. So he's going to tell, "I'm fine. I, I'm going to play." I mean, he's not playing unless you know he he wants to. And so, but like I said, it's it's on the medical staff to like you have to save the guy from himself, right? And. It's their responsibility to do that. Now, like you said, we're not behind the closed door meetings and we're not in that conversation. So he might tell him, I don't give a fuck what you think I'm playing, mm-hmm. you know, and so we don't know what went down behind closed doors. And, and who knows? Maybe they checked everything and they thought he was, maybe it was just a freak. Maybe it was a freak thing. Who knows? I, it's hard for me to believe that. You, no, there's no way. Yeah. To, I mean, that's it's too circumstantial. I mean, it's really. the same I mean, exact, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. The same exact circumstance as the last injury. Yeah. And so. Was there a misdiagnosis? I mean, like you said, we're not right. medical professionals, so how can we know? And is it ever? And it probably won't ever come out. I mean, they're never going to—they won't release that information unless Durant says something. But I don't—I yeah. don't foresee anything coming out on I it. I mean, that would look real. It would, that would even be bad on Durant's part because he, he, he can't throw. He—he he probably he wanted to play. Like, there's no way course, that a competitor yeah. like him didn't want. Like, he can't just be like, "Well, they shouldn't have let me out there." No, never. Unless, yeah, and, and the only way he could do that, the only way it would look bad is if he said they forced him out there and there's no way, like they, they, there's no way. Well, there's no way they did and there's no way that he would say he that. He would never <laughs> say that, right? Because he'd never live it down. Yeah. Well, where do you, so, okay, so then injury aside, yeah, you're a Warriors fan. Yes. You win this game, but you lose Durant, but you, you win this game that at the end, look, I mean, Kawhi was doing his best Jordan impression to close you guys out. Right, it looked like you were dead on your feet, and you pull it out. Now you're going back to Oracle for the last game ever in Oracle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you got to be feeling good about winning that game. And then if you go to a game seven, shit. I mean, you guys are still the defending champs. What? what where's your head at in this fucking series? <laughs> okay, let let me take you back to 2016. Yeah, I've seen this story before. Right, exactly. I've seen it play out. So no one's going to sit there and tell me, oh, it's 3-1 insurmountable because I was that guy in 2016. There's no fucking way the Cavs are coming back. This is over. Right. And I'm here to tell you, like, 73-win season, 73 season, it means nothing to me because they didn't win the whole thing. And I've never gone back to it. I don't, like, oh, I don't dwell on or I don't um, revel in that. Like, I've never even thought about that season. I'm like, nope, they didn't win the title. No, it's almost like because, they didn't win. I mean, no, no one even remembers it. You know that that's the the record for wins because you didn't win the title. No, it's, it's just like the Patriots back in oh uh, seven, right? The Patriots it, in 07, and it's the the Mariners when they set the record for wins, yeah. and then they lost Mariners in one. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, no one remembers the regular season wins; they just remember the championships. Right. Okay. So that being said, the, I think with that series though, it was really the perfect storm. It was Draymond gets suspended. 
I think LeBron and Kyrie both went for 41, I want to say, in game five. Like, they both just went like ape shit mm-hmm. in that game. You go to game six, it's in Cleveland. Right. You got the they momentum. Get boat raced. Yep. You, get, you get boat raced. Boat raced. Game I seven, like that. And game seven, that's my sports writing there coming you out. Game seven is always a coin flip. Right. And that game was a coin flip. Kyrie made a shot, ball game. Right. So, game sevens are always brought, usually really ugly, too, because both teams it, are yeah. so damn nervous. Yep. So. If the Warriors somehow pull Game Six out of their ass, it's a coin flip in Game yeah. Seven. So I'm if I'm because you know Toronto is going to be playing with a tight asshole, man. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, they're like, oh fuck, these guys are defending champs. Like they have the momentum. Like we've seen this happen before. Like they're going to be thinking about it, and those Toronto fans are going to be playing, or they're going to be tight too. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, I think Toronto's already going. Oh shit! Uh, like, come oh here. no! They they that they had that. They, they were like, was we, over. they had that one. It was over. The, they, yeah. That crowd, that crowd, Canada was jumping up when Kawhi makes it a six point game with less than three minutes left, and had just reeled off ten in a row and twelve of the last fourteen or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that game was essentially over. And and the thing is too is Toronto celebrate, and then you have. Um, Demarcus make two errors towards the end. I think I thought that one was actually not a goaltending, but I didn't it is what it is. The, the offensive foul was 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 an offensive foul. No, that's the thing. Was like I in my at first I was like you can't call that right. there, and then I saw I was like nah. I mean it, it he, was the right yeah, call. He, it was the right call, and he. I mean, it wasn't even one of those where it was. I heard uh, a podcast after where Kedrick Perkins of all people they had him on. He goes, you can't call a foul in the like even if it is a foul, you can't let the refs. I'm like. No, but that one was a foul, bro. <laughs> you you got to call yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. So I mean, you had Ken, you know, you had Demarcus Cousins doing his best to blow a game in which he was playing well, um, and they just didn't. the The Raptors just did not win that game, and that that's got to be devastating for them too. Well, here's the thing, I, I'm but the thing for- is, I don't I don't know where the motions are because the Warriors just lost Kevin Durant again, but they won the game. But I okay, so a couple things. Like, are they inspired by that? And is it like like us against the world kind of thing? And like they're gonna be even more motivated that he's hurt. But it to me it just comes down to like I really think the Raptors are just the better team. I think so too. Just because of the depth and like I think about it, you know, when they have like five guys on the floor, each one of those guys can can a three. Right now, the Warriors have two guys who can make a three. Well, also, I believe um, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on this because I listen to a podcast. I'm just regurgitating off memory, but the Ringer podcast I listened to this today was like they played 20 quarters, and the Raptors have outscored the the Warriors in 14 of them, mm-hmm. and like tied in two of them. Right. So it's, it's just been like they've outplayed the the Warriors throughout much of this series. The two games the Warriors have won, have, the Raptors have literally it's come down to like shot, like one shot, the Iggy shot in mm-hmm. Game Two, and then the um, the you know the the Clay Thompson Steph Curry shots down the stretch here. Yeah, you know, this one was a one point game. The other three games have been. I mean, the Warriors have just shit kicked the fucking or the the Raptors have shit kicked the Warriors basically in those oh, other yeah. games. So and here's why I come down on this like. I'm thinking about Game Six again. Like it, you cannot sit here and tell me the Warriors are going to seriously lose three games at Oracle. That's tough for me series. to believe. That's insane, right. dude. And if they do, like fuck, I, the I'm Raptors the first have earned it. 
I'm giving them right. I, I'm already giving them the props, dude. I'm not one of those like rose colored glasses. Like, oh, Warriors are the best. Like, no, man, the Raptors are fucking outplayed them. They deserve that, man. Like, I'll be the first to be like, congratulations, guys. Like, as someone who's a fan of a long suffering franchise, like, I'm happy for you guys. Like, we won two in a row. Like, I'm totally like one of those people. Like, if the Warriors lose, like, I'm good. Like, you like. A true Warriors fan like knows how shitty this team was. Like, and the fact that you're bitching that they might not win a three peat, like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, and you get you know, like as a Cubs fan, like, oh yeah, any, yeah, like you know, being a fan of a team who's been through something like that, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just you're an idiot. Like, you can't like just be thankful for what you got, man. Like, oh, I'm already. I mean, so, I'm I've already. You know, I hear people complain about the Cubs, and I go, shit, man, they've won. They they went to. Th- they won. Uh, they've been to the playoffs four straight years. They've won. They went to the N- NFC or not NFC. Jesus Christ, the uh, NL division or the conference championship. What was it the NF the NL? What's the what are the fucking division? The, the, the NL the NLDS? No, no, not the division championship. What's that? The CS NLCS National League Championship Series. National League Championship Series three years in a row. Like we've won a World Series. Like it's still great. Like don't 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 start shitting on this. Yeah. So like it was funny. Like I was like last in the game last night. I was just resigned myself. Like, hey, hey man, they give their all. Like Durant tried fucking towards Achilles for the team. Like, right. what more? What more can we ask for, man? Like, right. I mean, that, that's it. And then they pulled out of the house. I'm like, I have to go through another one of these games. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's been a fun ride, man. Uh, it's been fun to watch. And um, well, let me ask yeah. you one more thing on sports, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, I have a question for you for sports, okay. and I, I think hopefully we can squeeze it. Yeah, yeah, we can. Kind yeah, of a, we can okay, we okay. Can squeeze them both. Okay. So I'll, okay. I'll ask you first. Um, okay. What happens now with Kevin Durant? Ooh. Well, let's assume, okay. Let's assume it's an Achilles tear. Sure. Yeah. That's okay. Which yeah, it, we kind of figured out it is which, right. Which, we figure it is right. Which is okay. yeah, we figure it is. It's the worst basketball. Injury. It's worse. It's considered worse than tearing your ACL. Right. No one ever usually comes back the same. Um, no. The guy that's the guy that, and I didn't watch this guy play when he came back. But everyone says Dominique came back and was somewhat himself, but even not the same guy, um, mm-hmm. Dominique Wilkins. Um, yeah. So it's the worst basketball injury to have. Kevin Durant was going to be a free agent this year. A lot of people thought he was a shoe in to go somewhere. A lot of people thought the Knicks. Now he's torn his Achilles. Probably gonna be. He's thirty years old. He's gonna be out for at least a year, and the next year probably he'll take. He won't be himself until maybe midway through that, if ever. So what happens with Kevin Durant? Well, I was talking to one of my coworkers about this today. We we're kind of contemplating this, so I'm glad you asked. Um, I mean, logically, he opts in, gets his what is it, thirty eight mil something like. That. I mean, he's gonna make a over thirty ton of million. Yeah. yeah, so he'll take his you know player option. Stay with the Warriors because he's going to be out. I mean, like, you, what did you just say? A year usually takes you to recover from something like this. Yeah. Oh yeah, a year. Um, let's think about Cousins. Like he didn't play again for another year. Right. So let's do the math. If he's hurt right now, he's he out for a year. Wanted, he's out for a year. So <laughs> he's out till the, the final next year. So why the hell would you go somewhere else? Like just stay with the Warriors, make your money for not doing anything, and then you can next summer become a free agent and go wherever the hell you want to. That would seem like the logical move, although I've seen a lot of yeah. people say that if he opts out this year, people teams will still pay him. Teams will still give him the four-year max. Wow. That's what I mean. That That's what some of the, the talking okay. heads are saying. Sure. And then my question would be, you know, and what do you think on this? Like, what is the benefit to that, though? For a, of, him? of him? For him? 
Yeah, to like just be like, hey, I'm going somewhere else now. Well, for him, it would be, I mean, it's the guaranteed money. Um, it would also, I mean, if there is any feeling of the the Warriors kind of that's pressured him, but we're whispering that they didn't really think he was hurt because that some of that stuff came out. Mm-hmm. Um, then he might just want to get the fuck out of there. He also True. might just be like, I want to rehab on my own, and I want to I want to find the best team to do this on my own, but I also want to get paid and I want to be paid and guaranteed money for four years. Like if he, let's say he rehabs, he opts in and he rehabs and it doesn't go well. And he comes back and he looks like shit. Who's paying him next year? Yeah, exactly. So that, that would be the benefit is he goes out this year and team is like, yeah, he's going to be out for at least a year but it's Kevin Durant and we're going to make the bet that he'll be fine in two years. So we, and we so, like, if you're New York, you're probably like, we suck. <laughs> we suck yeah. forever. We never make the right choices. Let's just roll the dice and get Kevin Durant. So, and now something you said kind of sticking with me though, if he comes back and he's never the same, right. like you re- like, he's not going to be able to go to New York and resurrect the Knicks. Right. Ain't happening. He'll be 32 by then. Yep. Playing with a bum Achilles, like he's not lifting that team to a championship. I don't give a shit if he's got Kyrie or whoever. I right. mean, it ain't happening, dude. I mean, the Bucks are on the up. The Raptors, obviously. I mean, I don't know if Kawhi's going to stay. It sounds like he's not going to stay. But you got the Phil, uh, the Phillies, the Sixers. I mean, there's so many Celtics. I think are still young and solid. I think Kyrie leaving will be better for them. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, you have so many good teams in the East already. And now you're going to kind of try to come in, taking a year off of playing basketball, coming off a of bum Achilles with a new team that's really not going to have a lot of pieces in place. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I think know. some a situation like the Clippers might be better for him. I hear, I hear about him going to the Clippers and maybe Kawhi going. I, I don't know, man. This is the summer's going to be interesting. It will definitely be interesting. That's I remember you uh, last summer. You, me, and Chaz kind of talked about that. That was what we talked about on that jock talk was um, the summer free agency and it's crazy you know paying attention where all the free agents go it, it's going to be and then the draft obviously before that it's a lot of drama man it is it is what was your question for me okay so we're still in sports but going away from the finals so as a chicago sports fan i'll put you on the spots here spot here what are your i don't know if you have to, well I'll, I'll say five you can pare it down to three if you want top three or five like gut wrenching moments, like in sports, like oh, Bears, as a Chicago Cubs. sports fan, yeah, Ooh. like where you're like, oh man, that one ripped my heart out. I think that you you talk about you crying, you know, back in the day, the kind of <laughs> think about because I've got some for my teams, but I'm just curious if there's one like you remember from like being a kid or even oh recently yeah, I can definitely. Like, um, okay, let's hear it. Because I was gonna make try to make some guesses okay. too. Um, do you want how many do you want? Because <laughs> um, a Chicago okay, okay. fan, you can okay you can really get into this. I was gonna say I was just gonna go five. If you, I mean, if you got ten, go for it. But oh, let's just time, go five. ten will be take too long. Okay, um, go five. All right, um, I'll go and I'll tr- I'll end with the worst. These other ones, I don't know what order I'd be in. Um, okay. The and I have a list in my head. I see if I'll match you. If I can guess what you were gonna say, I was pretty. So this one's pretty recent. Actually, there's two from here. Okay. Um, Derek Rose tearing his ACL. I was at that game. Oh wow! I was okay, at I was that game. That. Okay. 
one of the craziest, most surreal experiences I've ever been a part of. Okay, so real quick on that. Yeah. I just heard today somebody say that this Durant moment, the only time they heard something worse than this was Derek Rose tearing his ACL. Yeah, it was terrible. It was somebody on ESPN said that, and I was like, wow. Like, I didn't realize how impactful that Rose injury was, but to hear you say it now, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was yeah. that sucked. That sucked a lot. Um, um, another Bulls moment, <laughs> them losing to the Heat the prior year. Now, I know that like seems from afar like, oh, they should have lost to the Heat. But I was so invested in that team, and I hated the fucking Heat so much. That was the first year the Heat got together. Yeah, I was going to say that was LeBron's first year right. there, right? And to realize th- in that Western Conference uh, or that Eastern Conference Finals about four games in when the Heat went up 3-1 and the Heat are just better and that Derrick Rose isn't ready yet and that they just don't have yeah. enough talent, that was one of the more heartbreaking things ever. Because you were just like, okay. this is good versus evil. This is like the right <laughs> way to do it. Like the, the Bulls were the right way. They drafted Derrick Rose. He's a hometown <laughs> kid. This team works hard. And you got the Heat who are just the Heatles, you know, building up their team through free agency and just star power. And I was like, this is the wrong way mm-hmm. to do it. And they fucking lost. So that sucked. Um, the Bears losing the Super Bowl against the Colts for me was really rough. That was one of my guesses. I was going to say the Grossman team. That was really rough. Again, just being super invested in the team. That team was fun to watch the entire year. Well, think about it. That was the first time in your life that they made the Super exactly. Bowl. Exactly. That was the first time. Because you, made... you, you don't know the 85 Bears. Like, you weren't alive. Right. So like... And I think it, <laughs> out of all, well, I'm a Bear. My top three are Bears, Bulls, Cubs. But, um, yeah. you know, the Bears for me, we have season tickets in the family. The Bears have, have like a really special place in my heart. That's cool, man. Um, right Bears. Um, so then my, these are my last two. Illinois losing to North Carolina in the 2005 National Championship game. Oh, good one. I yeah. was devastated. I thought, again, I was, shoot. That was that team was amazing. Where? I mean, it was, um, was 2005. They had one loss all year, right? One loss all year. They lost the last oh, game on God. a buzzer beater in the, the, the last in the very last regular season game. I want to say against Ohio State. Ohio State, yep. Um, okay. Again, one of those things where it's Illinois with like, um, good talent, but then North Carolina had like all these like five star recruits and all that, and it was and Sean mm-hmm. May was treated like he was fucking Shaq in that game. Yep. It, it was one of those yep. where you felt like it was destiny and it didn't happen. Like we lost. Oh, and it was a close man, I remember, game. I remember. Yeah, I remember that game. Man. And then number one, yep. I mean, this has been redeemed now that the Cubs have won a World Series, but 2003 was the most heartbreaking thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh, Bartman, Bartman and oh. blowing a 3-1 lead to the Marlins. Losing oh. the last two games at home, I just, I just remember. I think I was depressed for like two weeks. I remember my my my, da- my dad having to talk to me and be like, "You can't, like these, you don't, you can't control these games, Anthony. Like you, there's nothing you could have done." <laughs> oh, I'm the same way, brother. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. So those hilarious. those are my top five of all time. That, I love that list, man. That's so good. I, the only the ones I guess were the Super Bowl and Bartman. Yeah, I was like, well, Bartman's got to be number one. Bartman was number one. I mean, that that <laughs> yeah, yeah. that and the, that, that was like, it was just a fu- such a fun Cubs team, and like we had Pryor and Wood, and oh my god, it was just you, oh, you I didn't remember think, like, like the Mar like the Marlins, you know, lose the, yeah, really? Like, I mean, we, they, and and in hindsight, the Marlins were actually the better team. Like they they had more wins through the regular season. The only reason we were, we had home field is because they were the wild card team, uh, mm-hmm. but they were actually the better team and and had a ton of talent on that team. Um, yeah, but we did blow it. We were up three games to one. <laughs> well, it's funny, um, is, you know, making these connections with Chicago. Like the Cubs were always my number two team growing up because my dad and I watched Cubs games on G- WGN all the time. 
because mm-hmm. we get WG. It's a national, you know, broadcast channel. So we would get Cubs games all the time growing up, and I was like really like Ryan Sandberg and Mark Grace and all those guys. So I kind of a, they were like my number two behind the Giants. Like Giants always number one, but like I always root for the Cubs. And I remember the Marlins knocked out the Giants that year. And so I was pulling hard for the Cubs because mm-hmm. I was like, Cubs never been there. Like, come on, Cubbies. <laughs> and I even had like a Cubs hat and stuff. And like, I was pulling for them. And oh, God, man, I totally remember that. But for you, like, as someone who, like, that's your team, like, oh, I can't even imagine, dude. Oh, it was, it was, Ugh. it was, I remember vividly being in driver's ed a week out and my driver teacher going, what's wrong, man? I'm like, Cubs lost. Man, that was terrible. He's like, that happened a week ago. <laughs> you got to get still over hurts, it, dude. Man. It still hurts. <laughs> I know, but I can't stop thinking about it. It was so bad. Yeah. So, okay, I'll give you my quick five yeah, yeah, go for ahead. me. All right. So this is more like Bay Area teams. So like, I'm a Giants fan, Niners fan, Warriors, and then Fresno State's my college. Um, so in non-specific order because it's like kind of quick. Um, the Warriors lose pulling the three one to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Could have had the best season in NBA history. That oh, one yeah, still stinks. That stings, but that stings, man. That, yeah. Uh, Niners losing the Super Bowl to the Ravens. Oh, yeah. The cat with Kaepernick, all that. Had the ball at the five. First in goal at the five. Couldn't punch it in. Yeah. Play calling was, yeah, good old Harbaugh. Uh, Giants losing 0-2 to the Angels in the World Series. Oh, two. oh, they were up 0-2. Remember that? Remember, no, uh, in 2002. Oh, 2002. That's right. It was game yeah. seven. They lost game six and seven. Right, right, right. Yep, they were up 3-2 in that series. Um, that has since been redeemed. They, they've won, they won three in five years. So that one doesn't really sting as much. Right. But it's just like I remember it so vividly. Like So it's like it's like a fresh one. You know, even though they did win the three, like that was more like when I was a kid and like super into it. So that one you know hurts pretty bad. Um, another Niner one, uh, losing to the Seahawks in the 2013, 14 championship was game. Was that when Richard Sherman? Yeah. Bad at pass. pass scre- screamed on the camera on Fox. trees, hot hands. Yeah. 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 So I throw that one up there. And then the last one is also a Niners one because it was three years in a row. Like we got our like heartbroken. Uh, they lost to the Giants in the NFC championship game and Kyle Williams muffed the punt. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember that? <I> do <laughs> yeah, and then right there, just set the field goal for the Giants, and the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. Man, I mean that's a that's a list. I'm biased because I'm Chicago. I, I think my list is worse, but that's a tough list too. <laughs> well, your list is worse because like your teams are so much more long suffering, except the Bulls. Because I mean, they, the Bull, I mean, yeah. they won six championships. They you're and I was alive, and I was and I was yeah. a child when they won them. Which I mean, like yeah. a child that can remember things at that time. Yeah, so that that those sucked. The Bears has been a long time. Um, oh man, Illinois. That, that never, la- I'm a big Illinois guy. Obviously, I went to mm-hmm. school there. But even before I went yeah. to school there, I was a big Illinois fan. So that one was rough. And then up until the time the Cubs, that was really rough. But even then, now it's been redeemed with them winning the World Series while I was alive. Yeah, the man that the Bears game last year with the Eagles, man. Ooh, that one, that oh jeez, I even I forgot about that. Was a rough one. Too. Saying, it's it's fresh, man. That one's so, but yeah, 
Well, it's funny because I remember after the game, the first thing I did is went to the Jock and Nerd Facebook page because I know a bunch of people on there are Bears fans because most of our fans are, you know, Illinois, Chicago area people. And the, I already people were posting. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was just, I've, and then that's, I think I, the other day I posted about the new uniforms and stuff. So if I ever see anything Chicago sports, I'll like post it because I know you guys are all, you know, Bears, Cubs and stuff. Like I think Clay has set the three point record against the Bulls this year. So I posted it in there. And, <laughs> So anytime there's like a, I mean, there's know, a decent yeah. amount of Chicago people in there, but the the nation's like all over. Yeah, no, that's what's cool about it. It's like you know we have Wes out in Australia. Like that's that's the coolest man. Oh, he's like, awesome. <laughs> that's your like you like you like aim to be him when you're older. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he's my idol, man. He's my idol. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh, of course, man. Yeah. First off, um, I always end with this, and I know you don't. Um, you mentioned prior to the show that you might not have anything, but I'll ask you anyways. Is is there anything you want to plug before you go? And it doesn't no, need, thing, it doesn't need to be social media. It can be things you're watching, whatever. Yeah, the only thing I would plug is this is the Jock and Nerd podcast <laughs> spinoff show. No, seriously, Too like kind. Um, no, like I mean, especially for people that get on Patreon. Um, there's so much good content. Um, these guys are putting out, you know, so much work to put these shows out every week. Um, and I've been supporting for three years now. So, um, I just, you know, keep spreading the word about the podcast, you know, retweeting on social media, sharing on Facebook. People are inviting people into the Jock Under Nation page, which, by the way, before we go, I coined that. So anybody wants to know Jock Under Nation, that, that was me. That was me. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I told that. I think I said it in a voicemail or an email one time and Imran used it for the Facebook group name. Oh. So I am the uh, the Jock and Her Nation creator, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> just the name of the group. Thank you, man. Well, <laughs> yeah. Again, appreciate your time, and uh, it was fun chatting with you. You too, man. Take care. Take care Thank man. you. This is a Danger Entertainment podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. And welcome to the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. Hey, Ian. Yeah. Did you know you could find us on the Danger Entertainment Network? Danger? Danger Entertainment. That's right. Sounds dangerous. It It is. It's, it's a tad bit dangerous. You'd be shocked to find that out. You know, there's a bunch of great podcasts you can find there. Our friends from the History of Bad Ideas podcast, Who the What Now, the Saudi Geek. No, they retired. That's right. They retired. They retired. But there are a bunch of other great podcasts you can find there, along with us. You know, we're the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, and we do pop culture and chili cheese dogs and whatever else floats our fancy. Yeah. Check us out. For sure. For sure. We're we're on most podcatchers, so give us a look. Peace. Hey, hooligans. This is Michael. This is Michelle. This is Jeremy. From Who the What Now? The show about... Strange stories from the internet. And Bigfoot came over and beat his ass. <laughs> he like knocked him around a little bit, and he just kind of went limp, and then Bigfoot left. Pop culture. Not John Fod. Van Clam. John Fod Van Clam gonna... was supposed to be the alien in Predator, mm-hmm. and like did like a jump splits, and like ended up with his like bat right in the dude's face. That, that's it's his like, move. Do I get the part? In our crazy lives. I'm like oh, there's a cat on my back, and then all of a sudden I feel something. I feel a furry paw go down my ass crack. <laughs> Just slide right down my ass crack. I was like, what are you doing? You can catch us on all your favorite podcast applications. Spotify. iTunes. Libsyn. 
iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Yamamas, <laughs> and wherever else you find you, you, they have quality podcasts. <laughs> so don't miss out on the next Who the What, what Now? now?